taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, 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 this your boy, T.O., as you know. It's your boy, O-Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and firm-related, along with any of the goddamn thing we want to talk about, coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Bartsman City, fuck is up. Pro Bowl weekend, do you hey, care? Hey, hey, not a, no, not not even a little bit. Neither do yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who cares about the Pro Bowl. Like, why is it, sponsors, why is it still a thing? You know. Sponsors? Yeah, sponsors. Do they care about yeah. the Pro Bowl? <laughs> they care. Do they? Yeah. If if you're right. if you've got if you're State Farm and you've got Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, they will. Well, he's definitely not at the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, well, no, he's not going to the Super Bowl. He's not going to the Pro Bowl either. He's he available. He didn't get selected. He didn't. No, uh, unless he steps in as an all. Probably still be there. Like in. No, there's no need. There's no need. He's been to enough Pro Bowls. True. It's fine. You don't. You don't need a. Well, if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you stay in Wisconsin or do you uh, do you go to Orlando? No, you you stay in Cali, where you're from. I guess he is from there. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he? Where do you think he stays most of the time in the off season? Uh, in the off season, probably Cali. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I no would idea. too. Yeah. Why uh, would you stay in Wisconsin? I mean, it's cold. Unless you're at Kanye. Yeah, you don't want to. You, you wait till that. that or, or is uh, that, that in Wyoming? Is what? With Kanye's, Kanye's ranch. Uh, yeah, it's Montana. I think it's in maybe? Wyoming. I don't know. It's one of those states. One it's, of those. They're all the same. One of those flyover states. Yeah. <laughs> they're all the same. Yeah. You ne- you never touch down those states. You mostly just oh. And the pilot comes on like ding. And we're currently flying over the mountains in Wisconsin, wherever the fuck city, and we'll be touching down in Seattle. And, uh, right? But you never actually touch down there. No, 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 no. You just talk about it. Like oh yeah, that's that place that we're just not going to spend any time in. Um. So one of the things I did want to talk about, man, is uh, damn. I'm, what's that? Uh, I should have been quicker with this, dude. What's that? I should have inserted a um, a joke there. Mm. Uh, what was that movie with Denzel Washington? It was called Flight, right? Sure. Yeah. Remember where he was like, "We're going to invert the plane." I don't because I didn't. I didn't. Watch what? Yeah. You never saw Flight? Yeah. Calm down. I didn't. <laughs> it was one of it, one of my favorite Denzel movies. Yeah. Just because of the who he played and how he played that role hmm. but there was a scene where like I don't want to well no fuck you I, I, I'll, I'll tell it there <laughs> was a scene where the plane was crashing right and then in yeah. order to like you know save the plane from having a nasty clash, crash they had to invert the plane so go completely upside down in a I saw that in plane, the previews yeah. right yeah. and then he comes on he's like alright you know, he's telling everybody on the plane he's like we're gonna invert the plane and go upside down mm-hmm. um, uh, anyway I missed the opportunity <laughs> well to, that was I missed the opportunity to insert a great joke into that flyover Wisconsin yeah, and now discussion. you've wasted a whole bunch of time talking about said missed joke so. no no this is yeah. about opportunity <laughs> failure and what we learn from those things right I just, uh, I, just, I just taught you something here oh well thank you thank yeah, you yeah, yeah. I, I like how there. you know what I, one of the one of the themes of this particular show uh that i, <laughs> that I, I know where you're yeah. going with this you might not you might not um is is that exact sentiment basically like flipping like reality on its head um and not like spending enough time away from something and then revisiting it and basically rewriting history. That's one of the, I think common things when I was looking at a lot of the topics we're going to talk about today, that was one thing that kind of popped off to me was, is that a, a lot of times people, they talk about things in, 
and especially if they have like a, an agenda or if they have a point, which we all do to some degree, right? We all have like if we say something, we're coming at it from a particular perspective, particular point of view. But what I think I feel I feel like a lot of people are doing these days is omitting history to simply make your point that this mm. thing that in its in, in the particular time that it happened, oh, um, you know there there are all these little nuances with it. But as time goes by, now we can forget about those little nuances and just go with whatever fucking you know storyline we want to go with. Yeah, we basically can just write over history and say no. This is exactly what happened. Yeah. You know where that happens all the time, which is really interesting? Yeah. In science, right? It's mm. like, let's, okay. let's say a scientist is trying to prove his theory. Yeah. And he's looking at like 100 data points, right? Mm-hmm. And 80 of those data points fit within his theory. Mm-hmm. Over time, he's going to try and, you know, f- maybe find more data. that f- So he has 100 data points that fit his theory. So it's fully proven, right? And there's no... Um, you know, there's no fault or flaws in his theory, sure. his or her. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we want to be sexist, want to be politically correct fucker. here. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So there's no point, there's no faults in this scientist theory, right? But over yeah. time, like let's say they're unable to um, find perfect data, right? What they'll do is they'll then narrow their data pool, mm. right? Yeah. To ignore yeah, the shit that they the other twenty yeah. data points that don't fit within their theory. Yeah, who, and they'll who, say, oh, "Now we're just gonna look at the fifty, and yeah. these fifty prove my theory." Yeah, right. And that happens, like as you said, over time in history, it's like, well, you know, here's a thing that happened in the past, right? Mm. There are all these other little nuanced things that also happened within that time. Yeah, but that we're just ignoring. We're, we're gonna ignore yeah. that because I want to tell this part of the story. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that's why they do like peer. Uh, peer edits right yeah. for for um scholarly you know papers or scientific papers uh and shout out to uh to stacks shout out to nadia um we were talking about this like a few weeks ago uh we were, we were talking about that when she was just basically like and this is sort of her sort of field right um and she was like yeah like you literally you can make anything look like anything like it doesn't it yeah. doesn't fucking matter. Like it, you, you know. can manipulate data in any way that you want. Yeah. Now, he, here's the thing, which I really respect about the, like the scientific community, right? Is that when you publish something, right? Like, let's say you do a research project. Yeah. The goal is to publish yeah. that project. Essentially, everybody gang tackles yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every from that point on, you're fighting a hundred people to prove your theory is right, which and is then, how everything yeah. should be. And that's, their that's goal is to be. like. When you once you publish it, yeah, a hundred people read it. They say, "Nope, fuck exactly. that. That's wrong. I'm going to attack this person." And you've got to continue to prove it. Exactly. And you're right. That's you, how you got to keep your your skills sharp. Yeah. That's how all things should be. Right. Yeah. Not that like people should just attack your ideas, but you should have to, uh, and you should be able to, or you should want to be able to validate your points and like, Hey, I think this, I believe this and here's why. Yeah. And I think, I think that the reason why that even matters to me is because I feel like a lot of people omit logic in favor of, Oh, I have this point or I have this agenda that I'm trying to execute. So don't worry about if this actually makes sense or not just, I'm and I'm like, so like, and I find this a lot, like when I'm watching stuff where people are, we have another story that, you know, that we're going to talk about a, a little later that is just, people are saying things and they say it as a matter of fact. Right. And, yeah. I, and I fucking hate that, but you have to be upfront with your own bias, right? Like, Hey, I'm biased towards this thing. This is where I'm coming from. Um, 
And I understand that there's other historical factors, but this is just how I feel about it. Now I'm more accepting of your point of view. I might still think it's stupid, right? I might still call you an idiot, but I will at least respect that, like that, that you can be honest and say, hey, I know that there's a whole bunch of shit I'm kind of leaving out here, but this is just what I feel about this particular, you know, issue. Yeah, that's Um, respectable. It's like, hey, this is what I know. There's some I don't know, but based off of what I know, here's, here's how I'm, I feel about it. Here's, exactly. pre- here's my perspective. Instead of just presenting it as plain fact, point blank, period. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. Captain Marvel. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Yo, they're, they're actually, I heard uh, heard news that they're working on, a, and we don't have this on the document. Recasting? Talk about, uh, no, 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 they're not. They're no, not so, no. well, there is a petition online. Well, so, fuck fuck they, that petition. They've already um, confirmed that yeah. uh, uh, Captain Marvel 2 is, is in, in the works. Yeah. Um, or. At least they're starting. Uh, they're like starting pre-production, maybe. Yeah, um, but there is a mm. very there's a growing yeah for for douchebags and it, but, presence okay, online, so, which so I strongly support. Careful, 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 and careful who your friends are, right? Because the pe- the the people who are basically saying, oh, like starting this position, uh, this petition that Brie Larson should be recast as Captain Marvel, they're not your allies. They they're only your allies because you have the same and goal keep you your enemies you. close no it's keep, keep your friends close your enemies closer okay how does that know. even apply to this it just sounded good <laughs> i just wanted to say it no but so those, those same people are the people who they just hate brie larson because she's been outspoken about like social justice issues right they're not they, they you, just, no, you just no i love her for that exactly so you you hate Blue Larson because of her performance that you believe or you believe her performance is shitty in Captain Pure Marvel shit. yeah exactly they hate Blue Larson because they just hate her as a person so let's we both hate her right <laughs> all powers let's, combined let's all come together <laughs> let's destroy her you fuck faces and then you guys go your way I'll go my way but we've accomplished a common goal yeah yeah that's gross um so so what needs to happen and, and sometimes in life you've got to work with your enemies you know what? I, th- th- this is actually true this is actually true because i uh so this whole thing with bernie sanders and joe rogan let's spend like two minutes on that right do you want to spend yeah, like yeah, two minutes i, I was going to go to politics because okay. that's the perfect example of this yeah uh let's spend a couple minutes before we start you know the film shit um <clears throat> So uh, this past week, uh, everybody's so anyone of, who's listening right now. They're like, I came to listen to stuff about movies and shows and well, Jennifer Aniston. Tough titties. You got to talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. <laughs> Did you well, not hear me in the opening? Yeah. <laughs> I already explicitly said that we could talk about whatever. Here the fuck you we are. You're about. on the ride now. You can't get off until the next stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this past week, uh, Joe Rogan came out uh, and basically said he was talking. He had it was during an interview that he had with uh, Barry Weiss, who she's a uh, reporter for the New York Times. Um, side note, I take th- this is what I'm talking about. It's actually a really good example of what I'm talking about as, as far as being able to just rewrite history. So during the interview, um, she basically was saying that uh, Ilhan Omar, uh, who's a uh, congresswoman from um, Minnesota, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, uh, is anti-Semitic or set, has said anti-Semitic remarks. Yeah, which is now, untrue. Uh, com- completely just pulled out of nowhere. Yeah, it's just, there's no proof. It's, 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 a, it's a sort of like right-wing sort of like talking point like, oh, Ilhan Omar, just by the fact that she's Muslim, is anti-Semitic and she said all these anti-Semitic things. Yeah. I, I dare you to point to one thing. Now, the one thing that people keep pointing to is that she said, um, I think she was talking about, it was like, I forget what the exact context was, right? But it was talking about um the uh the israeli government's ability to lobby uh the, our politicians here in the u.s right mm-hmm. and she said the quote 
oh, it's all about the Benjamins. Now, what she was basically saying is, is that, hey, um, because they have pour a lot of money and funds and energy into lobbying our uh, our government, mm-hmm. um, that's why we side with uh, the the you know uh, the government of Israel uh, more often than we ever disagree with them. Yeah, right? then, um, then we that's do the point Palestine, that she was trying to make. Right? But they flip that on uh, they they completely fit that and say, oh no, she's saying that because she's anti-Semitic because she hates Jews. She's basically just playing into the trope. Oh, uh, that you know this this thing of oh Jews control money. And, and you know they they, yeah. they control complete money. nonsense yeah utter, utter bullshit but she says it like it's a matter of fact and and i didn't watch the entire interview but i watched enough of it where joe rogan he didn't like push back and i was like just asked her the fucking question like what do you specifically mean like oh yeah. she said anti some comments you know this? or how do you know that? exactly yeah. um now that comment that she made you can if if you want to have these uh a sort of a cynical interpretation of it you can yeah but if you wanted to take her in the context of what she was actually talking about she was actually it's no different than saying the fossil fuel industry lobbies our government to you know adhere to whatever policies that they want to be enacted right that's that's a fact that's not yeah. that's not a matter of debate or conversation that's just true right yeah so does every fucking other government in the fucking world lobby the fucking u.s government to do whatever the fuck it is that they want to do right yeah. like so it's just i don't know Anyways, that, that's a sidetrack comment. Uh, disappointed in Joe Rogan for not because if not really, he, gonna, he does that, he's that he does that a lot. He does, he does that a lot. Where so he'll, and this plays into. Let, let me get yeah, to yeah, this first before we, we talk there. about that. So uh, so he's talking to Barry Weiss, and he basically says she asked him the question, "Oh, who you're gonna who are you gonna vote for in the uh, in the primary?" And he says, "Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna." And he says, and I think the exact words are, "I'm probably gonna vote for Bernie Sanders." Now it wasn't a full throated. I am going to vote for Bernie Sanders. It was a probably, right? Which is, yeah. in we're so early in the race. Right? Well, it's not so early, but it's 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 the I think the furthest you can go without, like, especially if you have like a large audience, it's the furthest you can go without like fully just being like, "Fuck what you guys think." This is what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, no, and I say it's still early because, like, even at this point, I don't know who is the no, no. No, no, the best. No, no. I, I don't know if it's uh, Senator oh. Warren. I don't know if it's Bernie. Oh, I like. I, 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 I like. Who's the guy? Wang. Uh Yang. Yeah, Andrew Yang. Yeah. yeah, Andrew Yang. I really like Andrew Yang. That right? was pretty racist. What you just said, but fair <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't know his name. I just knew it ended with A N G. So Wang. Uh, Yang. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, it's cool with me. <laughs> I know it's, it's not, cool with you. <laughs> not racist at all Uh, it's cool with how can i use what can i do right now to protect myself (laughs) i have asian friends (laughs) okay um uh so that that's curious that you say that because i think i don't know and this could devolve into a whole political conversation but i think it's clear that bernie's going to be the front runner and 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 it's not like Oh, no opposition is welcome. It's just that, okay, you can try, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to work like that. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine that the harder you resist against it, the more you just get sucked up into it. Yeah. Right? And the mainstream media is finding that out. But yeah. that's just to tie topic. it back to what I said earlier, right? Sometimes you have to work with your enemies to accomplish things, right? That is what the Republican party does so well is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I was telling, I was telling somebody this exact sentiment the other, uh, not the other all day. Republicans yeah. are like racists and Islamophobics. And, you know, some of them are, you know, just like normal people who, Hey, the, this, these are my political views, yeah. right? Good people, 
mm-hmm. they the Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're more they are willing they to don't si- they don't yeah. mind they siding don't mind. with the truly like racist the no they're like anti-semitic hey, uh, hey are you gonna help me get my yeah. shit done great are you voting Let's for partner trump? up yeah, yeah i'm voting for trump great oh. You're a race, are you a clan member? Uh, uh, unsavory, but let's. All right, come in, come in, come around back. Just don't take your shoes yeah. off. Just stand by the door. My neighbor's Hispanic. I don't want him to know because he cuts my grass. Come around back. Let's vote for Trump. Jesus Christ! <laughs> right, all that right. was a fucked up joke. Yeah, it really was. Um, okay, so anyways, uh, back, liked, back to I Joe like, Rogan. I love those types of jokes. Continue. <laughs> back to Joe Rogan. Uh, so he endorses, essentially endorses Bernie Sanders, and then the mainstream media, as well as a lot of people on Twitter, just lose their fucking minds. Like, how could you take the support from uh, from uh, Joe Rogan? Um, he said so many things about trans people. He said so many things about Muslim people. You know, all this stuff, and. So basically questioning Bernie Sanders is like, how could you allow this person to support you? Well, not, not necessarily how could you allow this person to support you, but uh, I think, so Rogan basically said that, right? And then Sanders' campaign, they put out like a little clip like, oh, Joe Rogan supported us. Now, for anybody who knows fucking anything, that Rogan endorsement, huge. Rogan has one of the biggest fucking platforms in the world yeah as far as just people don't even realize how big don't joe rogan's both his podcast yeah his name recognition and his the joe rogan brand you put his name on anything people are gonna pay attention and i fucking love joe rogan and he's great and he has he has sort of a mix his audience is like the perfect sort of mix of people that coming from all different ideologies all different ends of the political spectrum um he he can go all the way from MAGA guys so like full-throated you know bernie sanders supporters and like they all watch his show right yeah Uh, and it's because he himself he it doesn't seem as though he has like a political ideology so much as he just likes talking to people i think joe rogan is one of the most neutral people that i've uh listened to like with the type of platform he does like but people would disagree with you because they would say oh he has like on a lot of like right wingers who are like super like far right wingers like so for instance he's had on like milo yiannopoulos he's had on jordan peterson he's had on um, I don't know, but a lot of other fucking people who who you would consider to be like oh yeah. super like right wing. And, and here's the problem with Alex that, right? Jones, yeah, yeah. So like, let's say you know, or let's use that example, right? Joe Rogan has on Alex Jones, right? It's you, someone that you think is is neutral or open minded has on someone who's like closed minded and very uh, I don't know which fucking wing, right or left, or whatever. He's right, right yeah. wing, shit, yeah. yeah, whatever. Hardcore right winger. Yeah. Listen, when when I'm when I order my twelve wings, my twelve old bay wings, it re- never matters to me whether it's the right or the left wing. I don't even know what that Shouldn't shit though, means. If you know it comes with fascism, and <laughs> as long as I can dip it in, in blue cheese, it's I don't good. give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I never. When people say, "Oh, right wing, left wing," I usually I just like nod my head. Like, oh, uh, I usually never know what side is which. Sure. But anyway. What Joe Rogan's doing right there is he's talking to the people who have different perspectives or, you know, sometimes you have to talk to what's some, the person who seems like your enemy to understand that maybe you're not the enemy that I thought you were. Sure. And maybe we actually do agree on some (laughs) things and how do we uh, further what we agree on? Yeah. Or maybe we just agree to disagree to disagree on what we disagree on but you have to have that conversation yeah i I think it's a fundamental 
uh, I think it's a fundamental weakness of the left wing, uh, especially like just like strictly speaking about like the Democratic Party as a whole. I think this is like weakness to assert what you believe, meaning Mm -hmm. that I feel like I have to silence you in order to diminish what like your ideology. Right. Whereas I have the viewpoint of no. In fact, I encourage you to speak more because the the more you speak, the dumber you sound like. And I I will die by that uh, philosophy of do my job for me. Exactly. Because so, for instance, a perfect example is Milo Yiannopoulos, right? Like he uh, he went on Rogan's podcast and it, it, it wasn't until a while later, but his the comments that he made on Rogan's podcast, everybody was like, whoa, what the fuck? Because he was basically saying like, oh, like I think teenagers, like especially like young adult teenagers um, or like preteens are capable of like understanding what dynamic they're in if they're in a weird sexual situation with like an adult. And everybody's like, no bro what (laughs) bro what (laughs) like um and and so those comments came back to haunt him right again an example of somebody's stupid ideology like it so for instance you just have to let stupid people talk just let let them talk talk. just let them and so and so doesn't that display uh a fundamental like weakness in your argument if you can't even let the other speak person speak so for instance a hey, hey, shout out to you fabe i love i love you fabe but i'm going to use you as an example here so it's like sometimes you know as we have like the conversation of like okay like if you're in a conversation with fabe sometimes like it could feel like he doesn't let you speak um and what is that i've always viewed that as like a fundamental like weakness in his argument that hey you can't even let me get out my words because you don't believe in what you believe in that much where you're up. I'm sometimes I might get a little animated when I'm in like a debate or arguing with somebody, but oftentimes I let them speak because I'm so fucking confident in what I'm saying that I don't need to shut you down. In fact, I encourage you to talk as much as you want so I can use whatever stupid argument you have against you because eventually you will. If you're, if the, if the ideology that you have, so for something like white supremacy, right? Mm -hmm. Something as stupid as that, eventually you're going to say something that's just fundamentally dumb yeah and i'm just going to use that same thing against you and it's only when you speak enough that i allow that space and then i'm not i'm not just shutting you down and again there's another story that we're going to talk about that that speaks to this exactly i'm not just shutting you down because i'm saying you're racist you know uh and then it's like okay well now we can't even have a conversation because you're racist yeah because uh, you've already built the wall Exactly. Right. And, and that, that's a tool that's used at times. Sometimes you do just have to call it out. Like sometimes racism is just racism. You have to be like, oh, bro, that's racist. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but um, sometimes people use it in conversations when they don't have anywhere else to go. They're like, you're racist and expect for that to shut down. Yeah, the you just like throw out the like glaring thing yeah. and it's like, oh, here's this thing, right? Like yeah. you're racist. And you and can't then, say anything anymore. And you hope that stand on on, on, on its, its own. own yeah and you don't have to support it or really say anything yeah, exactly else. Like, oh, here's this thing everyone look at it i don't i don't i hate that approach i think it's yeah. the dumbest approach i think the best approach is to use logic against somebody so whenever somebody's talking about like white supremacy and all this what i do what i love to do so for instance i was listening to a podcast uh with uh, this guy destiny and he was doing it with like some some dude who considers himself a, a white or who is a white supremacist um and at times during the 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 conversation the dude would just say something that was just oh so he said the line uh he was like no i believe in democracy right he said that at one point during the podcast and then they kept drilling and drilling and drilling he's like oh yeah i only like democracy when it works for me 
It's just uh, like, all right. Okay. 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 <laughs> all right. Let's go to commercial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've accomplished what we need to accomplish here. It's like when somebody says something as stunning as that, my work yeah, is my, done. I don't like, need to work my, anymore. My style of argument, right, is like, you know, I'm using an analogy here. Right? Sometimes an argument is like, you know, a, a shootout between two people, right? Mm. Um, but before you can get to the shootout, right, that's when things get really hot and heated, right? Yeah. Before you can get to the shootout, you got to load up your ammunition, right? Yeah. My style is, I want to give you my clip mm. and I'm going to have you load it up for me. Yeah. You give me all the ammo I need <laughs> so that... You know, by the time you've already fully loaded my clip, mm. right? You've given me everything I needed. Yours isn't even loaded yet. So yeah. now I'm just shooting at you because you've given me everything I need in order to take you down, yeah. right? You've said all the stupid shit, and all I got to do is send that back at you. Yeah. So there. So for all the people who like, and like this comes into like logical fallacies and debate, you know, um, theories and blah blah blah, and like, you know, if you're in an argument with somebody, right, and you know that you're right, you know your position is strong. You don't have to, you know, you don't you don't have to like build that wall by labeling that person. Exactly, like, you're racist. You're this. You're that. You're yeah. That. Just let them give you the ammunition yeah. that you need. Ooh. Steadfast, maintain your ground. It'll eventually come to light that okay, this person's generally stupid. Have conf- have confidence in yourself and in your argument. Have confidence that what you're saying is the correct position. Um, you display a lack of confidence when you shut people down. Like, so for instance, and, and their, their idea is like, oh, like, well, perhaps you're like promoting white supremacy by getting, giving people like this, like platforms. Okay. And, and that's true. There's arguments to be made about that. But then I would argue that you suppressing it does infinitely worse damage because all you do is you push it on the ground. And mm-hmm. now we got places like 4chan and yeah. 8chan and all these other fucking crazy places where it's just like, yo, you don't like I don't even want to enter those places because it's just a fucking storm yeah. of just racist shit. And just and the best thing we can do for those like underground, you know, anti-Semitic racist bring channels, it to light. bring it, bring it above ground. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, give more of them public platforms so that when people listen to and hear them they're that's like, oh, this stupid <laughs> stupid um, yeah, but let's jump into yeah. some movie shit absolutely really absolutely uh, I don't even remember what the fuck our point was with that but uh, neither do yeah. I I think we started with like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> did, did we start there Th- that was a long conversation <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. yeah anyways uh, it was something about Bernie Sanders it was, anyways you guys you guys get the fuck yeah, yeah. whatever point we were you, trying to you make you followed <laughs> Someone, someone, someone somewhere who's listening to this is able to put it together. But yeah. I don't know. Hey, guys, this is what you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. We don't yeah. know. Hey, put it for us in but the comments. You do. In the comments below, put it for yeah. us. Uh, what, what the fuck were we were trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. All right. Um, so let's talk about some of the movies that are coming out in theaters uh, this particular week. And this is what? The week of the 26th? Yes. Today's the 26th. Your calendar starts on Sunday. It's the week of the 26th. 26th. Um, so this is everything coming out on uh, by July or J- July, January 31st. Um, so first we have the rhythm section, which is a, uh, to give you a quick synopsis, um, this is... Uh, Blake, La- uh, Blake Lively stars as Stephanie Patrick, an ordinary woman uh, on a path of self-destruction after her family is tragically killed in a plane crash. When Stephanie discovers that the, uh, the crash was not uh, an accident, she enters a dark, complex world to seek revenge on those responsible and find uh, her own redemption. Based on the novel by Mark Burnell from director Reed Morano. 
uh, and the producers of the James Bond series. The rhythm section also stars uh, Jude Law, Sterling K. Brown. Uh, and uh, yeah. So, uh, so this film, uh, of course, as stated before, is directed by Reed Morano uh, and was written the screenplay as well as I think the story by credit is for Mark Brunel. Um, and of course, just as I mentioned before, uh, stars Blake Lively, Jude, Jude Law, uh, Sterling K. Brown, um, and a few other people. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, when you, when you peep this, uh, trailer, cause we, we talked about the trailer a while ago when we, uh, when, uh, when the trailer came out. Yeah. This to me feels a lot like peppermint, which is a movie with, yeah. uh, Jennifer Garner, uh, it kind of follows the same storyline. I think in Peppermint, Julie Garner's uh, her family was killed in some like drive-by shooting. Um, she went underground and she trained to become like this like deadly assassin, mm. basically. Right? Mm-hmm. This feels too close to that. I feel like I've seen this movie already when I watched the trailer. Yeah. Um, I love Blake Lively. I think she's a talented, talented, talented actress. Um, I'm hoping. <laughs> like a second trailer comes out and maybe I get something different. Well, it's less than a week to go. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I forgot about the timeline. Yeah. Um, well then, yeah, I haven't seen enough from this movie yeah. um, to give me the, the sense that, all right, this is something I haven't seen before. Yeah. Or this is a story I haven't heard before. Uh, it feels like peppermint. I don't even like Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. I closed my capital one credit card because <laughs> I got fucking sick of her in yeah. those Capital One commercials, right? But, but it, What's it, in your wallet? Quick question. Oh, this, this podcast is sponsored by Capital One. <laughs> I, I wish. Uh, quick question, though. Um, if we're sick of seeing movies in the same mold, shouldn't we, by definition, be sick of like any Bond movie that comes out? But here's the thing. Yeah. The Bond character is so rich that... Is he so rich? It's literally the same thing every single fucking movie. There's nothing more to bond. He has a lot of money. I'd say he's rich. Huh? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that joke would, I was hoping it would make sense. <laughs> Otherwise, it would just have fallen flat. Um, but yeah, no, you remember in, uh, in um, uh, was it Casino Royale? Sure. He kept you, that you 22 get million of the CIA money when he wanted and No, he, he let hand? it go. Did he let, he let it, go? it go? Yeah. In the end. No, he kept it. No, he didn't. You're not uh, let Vespa was going to, was going to, she transferred the money over to whatever the bad guys were quantum maybe i think it, it he let was. it go you're not gonna let 22 mil go he did he doesn't bond doesn't care about money he contract. just cares about alcohol it's an nfl contract that's it <laughs> you're not gonna let that go <laughs> he, um, he let it go <laughs> <laughs> but no so i think but I, I i say rich in terms of like there's a lot of story there there's many great actors who've played that is character. there many great stories with bond himself though like what i'm saying is as the character of bond all we really know bond to be is a character who is an alcoholic who loves to fuck and uh is a great spy or you know whatever like that's all we really know about bond what i'm saying is how is that different than anything that we've gotten from any of these other female-led that's all movies? i need to know but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So why are you sick of the female movies but not sick no, of well, Bond? No, it has nothing to do with like male or female, right? But so, doesn't it though? When, uh, because the parallel that I'm trying to draw is that we're not getting like even though all these characters are like different, like Peppermint's different from Atomic um, Blonde, Atomic Blonde, different from um, whatever this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, the what, what the fuck is it called? The uh, 
<laughs> the rules uh, or the rhythm, uh, the rhythm section. Um, uh, it, what I'm saying is all of them are like different characters and different stories and different sort of settings, but kind of a little bit the same. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is why don't we feel the same way about that? That then we do bond, uh, bond. So here, here's why it's different, right? So what bond did, what, you know, the bond franchise did was, Hey, we're going to, dedicate in ourselves and stick to one story and we're going to own this particular space in film and storytelling this whole spy espionage shit when you think about those movies who's the one character that comes to mind james bond right because even if we put bullshit out there year after year with these bonds films where he just where he like stops some explosion or some scientist, some scientist who's trying to destroy the world and he has sex with a lot of women and he drives fancy cars and wear nice suits. We're going to keep telling that same story with that same character. Right? So I shitted on Jennifer Garner's uh, movie peppermint, but I actually really liked that movie. Right? <laughs> All right. What I would like so is that's to a nice see- about face. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a, a backhanded compliment. I think is the phrase, right? But right. what I would love to see is for them to like, maybe like turn that into something of a bond. And, and, and if you listen to our last episode, this is a calling back to our discussion on if we're ever going to see a female James Bond character. And my perspective is that, no, I don't want to see a female, uh, a female James Bond character. Why? Because I feel like there's so many great female actresses who who you can build a storyline around that is equivalent to a James Bond, right? With making it like their own thing, right? Because if you make a female James Bond, she's always going to live in the shadow of the male James Bond that, that have come before her. So create a female spy, right? Like a James Bond who's just as smart, who's just as good or better and give her her own storyline, and I, I want, I feel like we've seen Peppermint, we've seen uh, Atomic Blonde in this movie. I'd like to see one character, one consistent character with a continued storyline. Mm. Fair enough. It's, I, I think it's time for that, right? Like if we're going to make a female James Bond, make it, but make it something different. Like, you know, uh, Atomic Blonde, another great movie. Who was in Atomic Blonde? Uh, the, um, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Yeah. That was a dope movie. I would like to have... I, you know, it would be dope if there's another one coming and another one coming. We continue to see her character. She was amazing in that movie. Uh, yeah, I think as much as I've enjoyed the the Bond franchise, I think I would like to just see it end. Meaning that, like, so I've always preached that any any good story has exactly that a beginning a middle and an end and the bond franchise seemingly has zero end even though we've basically gotten the same Not, story every fucking he has an age <laughs> no erectile yeah. dysfunction yeah he's, he's been going strong for like 50 years he's got fucking uh, <laughs> la fitness gym membership <laughs> that he only uses once a month apparently. A vegan now <laughs> Just, um, this guy just doesn't stop no he doesn't um but but i i would love to see an end to the bond franchise at least in in the sort of the the way that we've sort of seen it um thus far um, you know how i'd like to see it end hmm. i'd like to see it end in similar to how like life ends right and how like um you know whether you're a professional athlete or a musician or whatever eventually there's no hard end. There's just a fading out, and then no. No, I'd like to see. A, I'd like to see a very hard, 
sounds weird, but I, I like to see a very hard end with Bond because he's had so many fucking like to see him fade out would be super anticlimactic. And when I say fade out, like I, I would, here's how I would like to see it end. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him just be like, all right, you know, this is my last mission. Right. And in that final movie on his last mission, uh, you know, maybe there's a scene in which the job is done and no one can find bond. No one can reach That's him. Like every movie. Like, so the last like three sure. movies that they come out with is with bond. Like, you know, I'm going away and yeah. he goes away somewhere and he, he goes away. He's on an Island sipping, yeah. um, a Mai Tai. Right. But I want it to be like, but there's always the feeling that he'll come back. Like if MI6 no, I want him, it to be Bond dies at the end. Of- I want it to be everyone thinks he's dead. No, but it, you've can- just described Skyfall. Wait, wait. Well, Skyfall, we knew he was alive, right? But MI6 thought he might have died. I want to see the one where not well, only... Well, we f- only knew that he didn't die because it was within the first 10 minutes of the movie that it seemed like he did. We were like, wait, <laughs> I paid like $12. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but like, so here's what I want. I want a movie where... Uh, the fans think kind of like Neo in the Matrix, right? Sure. Um, the fans think he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie looks like he's dead, but we don't know. And you know, maybe we don't even revisit that. Maybe it's just left as what it is, like yeah. you know, speculation. And then the the next movie starts off with like, well, this program is going to continue, and here's the continuation of that program. We have this new strong female character who is the equivalent of Bond, right? Yeah. But I don't. I don't need the hard end. The hard end should have happened three or four movies ago. At this point, no. The, the hard end could have happened, you know, twelve movies ago. <laughs> I, I like a clean transition as much as I like a hard end. Um, I, I we're here now. We're here. Clean what, transition. What, what, Let's, what I, I'm not even going to really entertain the inter in between conversation. We were here. <laughs> now we're here. No, I I hate the uh you know the like the um. In TV shows, what they do is uh, they do uh, backdoor pilots, mm-hmm. where essentially, you know, it you know they know a long-standing show is like w- winding up, so then they introduce some characters that are like, all right, here's this other character that you might want to watch in a new series that sort of has to do yeah. with this, but doesn't really. I, f- I hate it with a fucking passion. Just look, it's cheap. Either yeah. either either end the show or continue the show, whatever the fuck you want to do, but don't give me this bullshit. Like, Oh, here's another thing that seems like the thing that you kind of like, but it's not really, it's a completely different thing. And it's just like, no, just, you know, just for me, let this be what it is. It's like Apple, right? When Steve jobs was, uh, was he CEO or, or, uh, yeah, Apple. Yeah. yeah. He He held many positions. Um, so when Steve Jobs was CEO, Steve Jobs passed away, Tim Cook stepped in, right? And it was like, that was a smooth transition, right? And yeah, Steve Jobs died. I, I mean, maybe he died. Ja- yeah. Maybe James Bond died. <laughs> James Bond died. Right, right? let, let's change the subject. <laughs> We've been no, talking about this earth, too. I, I think the, the last point I want to make is, sure. if you do it the right way, right? And you bring in someone who's capable, right? Uh, um, Tim Cook has proven himself a capable CEO in leading Apple into the future of the business, right? And if you do it in that way, if you follow that you know, order, that process, the fans, you won't turn off the fans. And what you'll do is you'll like reinvigorate the fans and maybe you'll bring in a new fan base if you bring in someone who's clean transition with someone who's capable and someone who's thinking about what is the future so in the in the bond franchise and bond clean transition introduce whether it's 
I'm just going to throw out a bullshit name here, Jane Bond, right? Maybe you do that, or maybe just give her a completely new alias or something like that, and just continue to make great movies and great storytelling. Yeah. That's it. There you go. It's that simple. All right. I'll direct a new right. Bond. Next. Uh, all right. So <laughs> it'll be, uh, the setting will be Detroit or Baltimore. Well, that'd be a quick Bond, because be Bond might not survive. Quick. <laughs> Get pulled over. You might be able to travel the world. Gallivanting, you know, yeah. the fucking and, Detroit, and killing hit, people. Hit with a stray bullet. Yeah, yeah it's end over. of the movie. <laughs> or you get pulled over and officers like, "I smell weed. I got a probable cause here." So, oh wow, are these guns? Are these? <laughs> do you have a license for this? Yeah, you're under arrest. Are these handcuffs you end have in here, Bond, you're kind of kinky, but also yeah. you're under arrest. Right? Yeah. Is that a nuclear device? <laughs> uh, oh, you're under arrest. End of movie. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So uh, the. Uh, next film coming out uh, this particular week the is Manchurian Candidate not at all uh, I always thought that was a great movie um, or movie title but continue really? why it sounds interesting right because no one Manchurian knew how to candidate. pronounce that shit I was like what the Manchurian <laughs> Candidate oh. <laughs> sounds right. interesting alright Hansel and Gretel or Gretel and Hansel I just realized that they flipped it it used to be Hansel and Gretel now and Gretel. now they flipped it to be Gretel and Hansel <laughs> That, I guess maybe it's like a, a it's a social commentary political yeah, thing. Fair enough. No longer is the man leading. Fair enough. Right. Uh okay, so a long time ago in a distant I, I, fair, I dislike that me, by the way. This. Hold on. Hold on. It's like you know, man spider. What if they did that or or they changed it to like woman spider? So like, oh, they leave it as spider, spider woman. But <laughs> they have spider woman, right? But what if they try to change it to be like woman spider? We're gonna lead with the woman, nah, and then uh, she has spider powers. Like, just uh, fucking leave it alone. I don't care. Either Create way. something new. That's great. Um, okay, so a long time ago, in a distant fairy tale uh, countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search of food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Uh, this is being directed by Oz Perkins. Is written by Rob Hayes uh, and stars uh, Sophia Lilly, or I'm sorry, Lillis, uh, as well as Alice Cridge, Jessica De Gao, and uh, Charles, but I don't know any of these people. Uh, no, Charles. Neither did I. Babylonia. Uh, okay. So, yeah, this is coming out. Um, yeah, I, for one, I didn't really even see much about this movie beforehand uh and i've never been really interested even with uh what's his name um van helsing no no no. um uh who's the guy who who's in born matt damon no no no. the other guy who played him who's in avengers uh uh fucking uh jeremy renner jeremy renner um even with his iteration of uh they did it like a hansel Gretel sort yeah, of situation which was not yeah. good, not good <laughs> i was never interested yes. in that either yeah i um, feel like he owes me money <laughs> fucking jeremy renner uh, I, he might owe his wife money yeah because she Ooh, was, uh, <laughs> yes yes listen i'm gonna join that i'm gonna i'll be in court sitting behind her looking at him you're a sick fuck, Jeremy. You're a pig. You're a pig. <laughs> hey, what you owe, Jeremy? You son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh. Why is yeah. that? Oh, that's such a great insult, right? You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. Because it's insulting you and your mother. <laughs> At the same time. It is one of the most powerful curse words or insults there is. There, uh, so fuck is um, the Greatest word ever created in the human language. Is it? It means everything. Um, it means it's okay. it's good. It's bad. It's happy. It's sad. It's 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 
descriptive. Well, what is it? It's fuck. Right. And like you, how is that used? You in can a good say term? it in. We fuck. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm so happy for you. Like you know, fuck. Like oh, uh, you did that thing. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, that's I, I, great. I, right. I, I, I've been corrected. Yes. Oh, you you, you broke my laptop. Fuck. <laughs> you broke right. My laptop. Oh, you missed the exit. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> we're early. Hey, fuck. We're early. Right. It means so many things. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um. All right. Let, let's get back to the movie here. Uh. What do you did? Did you peep this trailer or, or yeah. know anything about this movie? What do you, What do you think about it? Um. It looks better than the last uh, Hansel and Gretel film that we received. I think the story it looks a little scarier, right? Yeah. yeah, it looks a little bit darker. I think the story here uh, is going to focus on like a, a younger, earlier Hansel and uh, Gretel and Greta and Hansel. It just sounds weird saying it that way. Um, this looks a little bit better than what we've received in the past from these two characters. Uh, on the strength of this particular trailer, am I? interested or excited about this film no it's a hard no yeah but i think that these two characters like um they have like a rich storyline right they have a very interesting storyline yeah and if told the right way by the right director and the right writing team i feel like this could be a great movie mm-hmm. i just don't know yet and maybe i'm just jaded by what i've sure, seen before versions, from yeah. these films yeah no i i have uh i i did a um in middle school i did a sort of reenactment of hansel and gretel it was like my first God. time as it was horrible i imagine no dude I, it was the first time i actually realized that i wanted to be a filmmaker was the <laughs> thanks for shitting on that if I, if I had the time stone i would go back and <laughs> make sure that moment never <laughs> you destroy your life <laughs> you'd be a starbucks barista <laughs> um no it was the first time uh where we had to uh i remember we were in a the gymnasium and it was i forget i don't know if it was like field day or i don't know i haven't heard that word in 10 years because you haven't been in school in about 10 years um i stay away from middle school (laughs) for good reason well that's good yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right uh so uh we were in the gymnasium and uh they had us all in these like little groups and they were like, okay, like you have to put on like a little skit or whatever. So, uh, with the group I had, I was like, and then it was the first time I remember like kind of taking charge without like mm-hmm. knowing exactly what I was doing. And cause everybody's like, I don't know what to do. I was like, all right, let's do Hansel and Gretel. And then like, we did this like weird take on it and it was like funny and like there were jokes in it, but also it was kind of scary a little bit. Uh, so it was the first time where I got a taste of, Oh shit. Like this is, this is fun. Like this is awesome. Um, so anyway, so weird side story, but I actually did, has some trivia on this uh, according to the director in an interview the title uh was changed because this version focuses on gretel uh who is older so we actually do have an answer to why it's uh called gretel and hansel instead of hansel and gretel like it's typically known as which is uh it's okay uh, it doesn't make me want to see it anymore but you know any more than i would have otherwise but yeah when you think about i'm thinking about all of my friends who are siblings mm. I've always started with like the younger to the older. No, I've always gone older to younger. Like the only, like the siblings I know, right? Uh, um, so I've uh, like the Garns brothers, right? I th- mm-hmm. I say Ryan and Jeremy, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Huff brothers. I would go. Uh, damn, I forgot the older brother's name now. 
<laughs> but I would go Christian Whoops. and um, I forget the older brother's name. Man. Fuck, I don't know why I'm forgetting his name right now. But I always start with the younger and mm. I lead to the older. But no, my, I when I think about me and my brother. Um, yeah, it's because you're sitting from the younger position. So you're. But like whenever fine. people have spoke about me and my brother, it's always like Orain and Fabian. That's how I've heard it spoken from other people. Says who? Like, well, that, do, you, no, th- do you have empirical data? That's how I've heard it from other people, right? Yeah. And like, that's how like, I can I, say when I talk about you guys, I always say Fabian and Lorraine. I, I guess like, I just I always start with the younger to the older, right? Um, Why is that? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Stupid. And, I mean, and granted that this story is Hansel and Gretel, right? And, and that's younger to older. And that's how I've always done it. Everybody does it differently. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. But when like this story has already been written, right? The Hansel and Gretel story. Yeah. So changing it feels weird, but I, I can understand that like from, there's a completely different perspective, right? In, in film, just in society in general, which is where like, you know, it's always been the woman followed uh, or sorry, the man followed by the woman, right? It's in a, in a lot of stories that have been told. So maybe here's a great opportunity to change that story. Whereas Gretel, well, I, I don't even think it's I don't Gretel. Think it's is about it Gretel? That. I think it's well, think Gretel is the older sister who's leading her brother. So it's maybe it's only right to have the film be titled Gretel and Hansel. Is Whoa. that Gretel and Hansel? Whatever the yeah, fuck that's what this are. particular film is called. So uh, it makes sense. It's just sometimes when you change the name of something that people are very familiar it's very with, jarring. it's, it's sure. a hard change, right? Sure, sure. Even now, I'm having hard uh, time to keep Hansel and Gretel easy to say it rolls off the tongue no it doesn't roll off the tongue it's just you're you're uh taught like that that's what you know that's yeah you're accustomed to saying it that way i know that thing already sure so it's easy for me to regurgitate it mm-hmm. right hansel and gretel smooth right mm-hmm. but like earlier i had trouble saying like Gret- is it gretel and gretel Han- yeah it's gretel, gretel and hansel, right yeah i got it fucked up because you're changing something i'm familiar with yeah uh, are you changing the order of it at least? Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Looks to, good anyway. Uh, this lady's face looks scary. Yeah, it looks all right. Um, all right. Moving on Would to. You hit that? Uh, okay. Moving on to <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the assistant, uh, which is um, another film coming out uh, in limited theaters uh, this particular week. Um, this takes a look at a searing look at a day in the life of an assistant to a powerful executive as Jane uh, follows her daily routine. She grows increasingly aware of the insidious abuse that threatens every aspect of her position. Uh, this is directed by Kitty Green, also written by Kitty, Kitty Green and is uh, uh, also starring or is starring uh, Julia Garner as well as Matthew McFadden, uh, Mackenzie Lay, uh and other people uh we we, we uh, reviewed the trailer for this uh, a, a, a while ago um as good as i thought it looked back then i still think it looks just as good uh, i'm extremely interested in, in 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 this film seeing sort of what they talk about what where they go uh with it uh and julia garner as as we've sort of stated previously is uh she's a fantastic actress uh and highlighted by her role in um ozark uh with uh alongside uh uh, Jason Bateman. Yeah. Um, we've discussed this film before. It, it looked very interesting. Uh, the first time we discussed it, um, continuing to like see it and learn a little bit more about the film. I'm like increasingly more interested. I think her, her performance in Ozark, like if she can, if that's the quality of work that, uh, Julia Garner, uh, produces, like if yeah. that's 
her skill set, if that's the quality of her skill, and she's able to continue that in like other projects that she does, I'm all in. Whatever yeah. you do, if you can do what you did in Ozark and you could deliver that type of performance, I'm all in. This movie looks good. I think the storytelling here is pretty. Um, I'm not sure if I've seen this in any other film that I've watched, you know, in uh, recent years. What do you mean? Like the, the perspective of this film, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, Cause I actually, I think it's a remake uh, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't see the original. So it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct um, answer. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, what a you know when you look at the assistant right especially to the executive assistant to like a ceo right or to a senator or to a congressman that person uh, and a lot of these historically have been like older like white men right o- older powerful men and they like to have what young pretty female assistants around him them right and these people are in positions where they have so much information they have so much uh, happening around them and a lot of times their their position these people are taken advantage of because of the position they're in and who they are mm-hmm. um so to tell this story of like the perspective of the assistant working for you know powerful executive really interesting i'm going to see this movie i'm i'm definitely going to see this movie in theaters i hope it's showing in the theater near me um, we liked it before. I like it now. Yeah. Um, I first, uh, I think, came across uh, Julia Garner when uh, she was in um, Martha, Mary, uh, and Marlene. Mar- Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. Yeah. Uh, With, uh, um, who else was? Uh, El- uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yes. Yeah. I love that um, movie, by the way. Gr- disturbing movie, but disturbing. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought she was great back then. I think she's great now. Um she she has certainly like a bright future in front of her and i hope this film does uh does really well in order to kind of propel her career forward um but yeah this film looks looks good like it, it looks at, at least from the uh trailers uh it looks good enough where i'm like oh no i, I definitely go see that and have zero problem yeah. you know with uh with, with how it goes i didn't realize she was in sin city as well mm. I, I don't really remember her in sin city but well this is a uh, sin city a dame to kill for which is uh, i think the follow-up to the original sin yeah, city so this was the 2014 one with like jgl yeah um mickey rourke jessica alba josh brolin mm-hmm. yo mickey rourke needs to drop a movie in 2020 <laughs> anything mickey rourke does i'm I there guess. let's go for it i guess yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not His too much of a Ricky Moore. Plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what's got me. Like, uh, nah, I don't know. Interesting voice and the hair plugs. Listen, I like all of that. Yeah, shit. as long as he has okay. that Russian accent, like he did in uh, Iron Man too. You lose. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sir, I think we can tell you're not Tony from... Stark. You lose. <laughs> sir, that's not Russian. Okay, that's Bosnian. <laughs> I don't know who trained you to do that accent for this film. They didn't do their was job. Was he supposed to be Russian? No, I just made that up out of my ass. No, I think I think he was supposed he to be like a Russian. a Russian scientist, or whatever. But yeah. it sounded more southern bosnian i don't really know what i'm talking about here when i say southern yeah i don't know bosnia i've never been um but anyway yeah. terrible accent great character though what am i that's why iron man 2 in my opinion great movie iron man 3 sucked ass fair enough but mickey rourke iron yeah. man 2 st- he should have won an oscar yeah. all right all right well we'll just move on uh, <laughs> all right let's talk, about, lose. let's talk about what's coming out on uh streaming uh our streaming platforms um so let's talk about hbo first uh first we have uh uh Desicato Descato? I don't know. Uh and then let's talk about what's coming out on Hulu um for this particular week. Uh 
the only thing I jotted down was a, a throwback pick, which was uh, when Harry met Sally. Mm. One of the most ori- like, or one of the original sort of like rom coms that wasn't like really your typical like rom com. This was, was Meg very, Ryan and Tom Hanks, right? You keep saying that every time I say when Harry met Sally. Um, no, the, when Am Harry I just met Sally, up white women. Uh, I guess uh, this was uh, Woody Allen as well as um, no wait when Harry met Sally. Am, Am I, I thinking, thinking about wrong? Sleepless in Seattle? I think you are. Yeah, because yeah. you, you, you think of all, all those sort of in the same sort of breath. When Harry met Sally was so when Harry met Sally was Billy Crystal, Billy Crystal and Meg no, Ryan. so Meg it had Meg yeah, Ryan, motherfucker. Meg Don't Ryan. try to make me see. I, like, I thought this was the the Woody Allen movie, which was not that. It was <laughs> is that Manhattan? Um, no, that wasn't Manhattan. That was uh, fuck. I forget what that movie was. Yeah, look at you, wrong as fuck. I was. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. No, okay, you weren't correct either. <laughs> no, said, I, I knew it was Tom Meg Ryan. Hanks. I yeah. thought it was Tom Hanks, but no, that was um. That was Sleepless Sleep, in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle yeah. as well as uh, You've Got Mail. I was halfway right. You were all the way wrong. <laughs> all right. Congratulations. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let's stay in this moment for a second. Do you know how good it feels to be halfway right when someone is all the way wrong? It feels great. <laughs> Not even all the way right. Just halfway right. Halfway right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because very rarely in our yeah. lives are we all the way right. Right? Yeah. But we know when someone's all the way wrong. Fair enough. I don't really know. I'm just kind of <laughs> going on at this point because I just want to bask in this. Um, but yes, right. Meg so, Ryan, as Jennifer Anderson would say. Oh, the the gold standard for for film. I long for the days of Meg Ryan. Uh, so um so but when harry met sally was actually it was one of like the the sort of the temples and like one of the most famous scenes from it was the uh was the uh restaurant scene where she essentially fakes an orgasm uh oh yeah yeah uh and um yeah i just i I fucking love the movie man i i think billy crystal he he did a fantastic job at it as well as meg ryan um they both sort of knocked it out of the park and again it wasn't your conventional sort of rom-com it was it took different winding roads to get to to where they eventually ended up but it it set the uh, template for what was to come uh in terms of rom-coms and i don't know if too many others have done it quite as well as uh when uh, Harry met Sally. Yeah, uh, I mean, just looking at, again, do I think Meg Ryan is one of the greatest actresses of all time? No. But she's got some heavy fucking hitters under her belt. I mean, when Harry met Sally, you've got male, Sleepless in Seattle, City of Angels, uh, The Woman. Those are some bangers right there. Like You can't. You can't even really knock her for the work that she's no, done. No, not at all. She's she's sort of etched her, her, you know, to to uh, to Jennifer Aniston's credit. You know, she's got it somewhat yeah. right, I guess. And what was the movie she did with um, uh, Harrison Ford? Where I don't know. I don't know this movie. They had like they were in the plane crash and they got trapped in like the jungle for like a few days. Oh, was this? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think that was Meg Ryan. That that was uh, Romancing the Stone. Is that what no, that was? Romancing the Stone was um, uh, Richard Gere. Is that? No, no, I don't know. Wasn't that? Who's married to Catherine Zeta Jones? Oh, D- uh, Douglas Kurt Douglas or Michael uh, Douglas? Kurt, Michael Douglas. Yeah, wasn't that him? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, she's got some bangers under her belt. Shout out to you, Meg Ryan. Uh, not in the Jennifer Anderson way. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It just yeah. knocked something over. I didn't know that was there. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> what was it? <laughs> it was a it was an old bottle of um, rum chata. Which oh, why Jesus the Christ. fuck we yeah. ever even had? That. <laughs> I'm sorry. The movie I was thinking of with Woody Allen was Annie Hall. That's what I was thinking of. Annie um, Hall. Yeah, I've never saw that movie. Yeah, Annie Hall was uh, sort of the uh, the the grandfather to those sort of like the the rom coms, but it uh, it had Woody Allen as well as uh, Diane Keaton. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, and the movie with Meg Ryan and Harrison Ford was uh, Six Days Seven Nights. Yeah, came out in 1998. Wait, Six Days Seven Nights didn't it have somebody else in it? That had uh, uh, that wasn't Meg Ryan, right? That was somebody else. No, that was Meg Ryan. Who else was in that? That was. Harrison Ford and uh, and Meg Ryan, huh? I thought somebody else was in that. Wasn't the the woman who used to be like engaged with uh, Ellen or Six Days Seven Nights? You know what? That actually was not Meg Ryan. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that what's was her name? Anne Hetch. Yeah, Anne Hetch. Uh, that's yeah. She used to be romantically linked to uh, to Meg Ryan. Um, A word or not Meg Ryan? Um, uh, romantically linked to Ellen is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Unless I'm getting that wrong too, which is totally possible. All right, let's fucking move yeah, on. Here, all, right? Like to- <laughs> all right, uh, on Amazon Prime we have All or Nothing CFB uh, season one, uh, as well as uh, Ted Bundy falling for a killer season one, and then on Netflix we have Veer Dias uh, or Veer Das uh, for India, as well as uh, Alex Fernandez El Mejor uh, Comidante del Mundo. Uh, and then we have, I guess they're speaking a lot to our Spanish speaking brothers and sisters, uh, Ferres, uh, Inimas. Um, and then we have, uh, next in fashion, uh, night on earth, uh, omniscient. Um, wait, am I saying that right? Help me out here. Omniscient. I don't know. Omniscient. I think, I think I'm being stupid. Uh, then we have uh, a no more love wagon, African journey, the stranger, thirty seconds, Bojack Horseman, season six. Part Hold on, B. I gotta cut you off here. Sure, um, I'm just seeing something all over the internet right now that's got me really fucking uh, puzzled. And I'm, I'm, can I? Can I? There's only a few of these. Can I get through? No, fuck all of those. I'm okay. telling you right now, this okay. is far more important. Sure. Um, so I'm reading a headline here that says Kobe Bryant dies in California helicopter crash. This was posted uh, January 26, 2020 at 2.35 p.m., which is 25 minutes ago. I'm hoping this is not true. Uh, you know what? I just got some text that uh, that probably. I'm, ho- I'm f- I, I fucking pray yeah. to God this is not true. Kobe Bryant yeah, just in a helicopter crash in Calabasas Sunday morning. Uh, TMZ reported TMZ is always the first to report any like celebrity tragedy, death, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, says Bryant play, you know, NBA career. There's, there's actually pictures of the scene from the LA County Sheriff's office of, of a helicopter that gone down, um, in like the Malibu area, dude, from everything I'm seeing here. Yeah. This looks real. Yeah. No, I just, look, I just got, uh, the crash was called in at nine forty seven AM local time per the report, the flames. Um, fuck. No. Yeah. 
Well, I, I just got a uh, like a slew of text from uh, from a family member, so I do believe it's it's as real as can be. No, no, I'm going to refuse to believe this for now uh, until it's like confirmed, confirmed. Kobe could survive a helicopter crash. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, we'll get back to that later. I refuse to believe it for right now. Let's yeah. let, let's continue. We'll come back. Uh, uh, Inori Love Wagon uh, African Journey like I said before uh, The Stranger 30 Seconds uh, Bojack Horseman Season 6 um, uh, Diablero uh, Season 2 I Am a Killer Season 2 uh, Luna Nira uh, as well as Ragnarok uh, which I was very confused about before I actually read about what it was about I thought it was something to do with Thor, Thor, but yeah. it doesn't. Um, and then we you have name anything else Ragnarok. I know, right? It's very confusing. You, <laughs> you want your project? Like, I know it's a, I know it's a word that existed before Thor Ragnarok, but also it's no longer a word once it's a Thor movie. It's a Thor movie now. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, uh, in sort of throwback picks, uh, we have uh the uh, final cut, uh, the final cut of the original. Blade Runner, as well as Purple Rain coming out on Netflix. Purple uh, yeah. Rain, uh, Purple Rain. Um, and then um, we've got, uh, of course, uh, Adam Sandler's much uh, acclaimed film, uh, Uncut Gems, that's going to come out on Netflix uh, this particular week. So I'll definitely Uncut Gems is going to be on Gems. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go to the movies to see it no more. Yeah, I just yeah, watch I, it from the I, from the crib. That's that's what that's the exact thought that with I had. My. Uh, Apple uh, motherfucking Crown Royal. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. That's my that's my movie beverage. Fair enough. Yeah, it's America, so you can do what you want. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the perfect movie. Uh, nice glass of Apple Crown Royal with two or three cubes of ice. Yeah. Well, why do you have to like? Why do you have to like go to like the different voice when you said that? It was like a because this voice is very white type of voice. No, very very white. Steeper the midnight. Midnight Thunder. That's very <laughs> white. I went to uh, a commercial. I'm going to sell you something. Voice. A nice glass of <laughs> Apple Crown Royal. Two cubes of ice. Enjoy yourself. Right. Fair enough. That movie. That's um, that voice is like ah fuck. I'll buy whatever you're selling me. <laughs> um, okay, let, let's jump into some trailers. And and after we're done the trailers, I think we can maybe try to spend a, some time on this uh, this Kobe Bryant situation because I'm afraid it is. Uh, it is indeed real. Oh God, uh, I'm just thinking about his daughters. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's what happens when you uh you know, you and I've been thinking about this increasingly a lot lately, like how sort of fragile life is in that you know uh, and I and I thought it because I just watched a movie nineteen twelve with or nineteen twelve, nineteen seventeen, which uh which again there's a story that has to do with that a little later. But looking at war, right? Um and how people are just like, yeah, fuck it, we'll go to war and we don't get, it's like, bro, like those are people with lives and people with family, people with, you know, situations that they are just plucked from and who knows if they're going to return to those situations um, and how fragile fucking like life is where yeah. it's just like, bro, you like no matter who you are, you're here one moment, gone the fucking next, like you can be a Kobe Bryant and just, you know, it's it's done in a minute yeah and then you can be just your joe schmo walking down the street and get hit by a fucking car or you could be driving and you know end up in a car accident or you could just be sitting in your fucking living room and something crashes through and just fucking maybe a stray bullet and just yeah. fucking kills you you know um and those people have like lives that 
they were, you know, hey, I scheduled lunch with, you know, you know, my daughter on, you know, Saturday. And now I'm not going to be able to make that because I'm dead. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's the skit. So as a as a father, right, your fears change or when you become a parent, your fears change. Right. You're no longer afraid of. I mean, and granted, you, you are still afraid of like those everyday things that could happen. You have your fears, but like your biggest fears change. As a father, as a parent, your biggest fear for me is like the idea of me being dead and like leaving my, like my daughter being alone yeah. or feeling alone. Nothing scarier than that feeling. Yeah. Everything I've seen so far in like the few seconds or, or the minute or two that I've read stories about this whole Kobe Bryant incident seems valid and seems true. And again, like the first thing I could think about is like his daughters and like, yo, he probably had plans mm-hmm. today to talk to his daughter to have lunch with her dinner to read her story before they go to bed whatever it may be and to not be able to do that no um, there's no there's no there's no thing to me that can be more scarier than that thought yeah yeah but anyway um let's continue let's press on uh, and then we'll, we'll chat a little bit more about this okay um so uh let's talk about trailers uh so let's talk about this trailer that just came out this week uh it's for horse girl which uh is a socially awkward woman with a fondness for arts and crafts horses and supernatural crime shows uh she finds increasingly lucid dreams uh trickling into her waking life this is directed by uh jeff uh, benea and also written Benea, uh, written by Benea, as well as uh, Allison Brie, who also stars in the film. Uh, and this film is also uh, uh, also has in it uh, Robin uh, Tooney, John Ortiz, which he's a fantastic actor, by the way. Uh, Matthew uh, Gubler, uh, Debbie Ryan, as well as Molly Shannon, uh, all star in this, and Paul Reiser, uh, who's a fantastic actor in and of himself uh this is scheduled to come out or do out for release uh on february 7th it is in fact a netflix film um what do you think about the trailer this trailer actually looked good um this was when i was watching it it wasn't like a uh like a a glaring trailer right where it's like there's a lot of like really crazy things happening there's a lot of action to me this is more just like moments really interesting moments happening throughout this trailer. We went through a while where the trailers that we watched were not like exciting. We felt like they were underwhelming. At least I feel like there was a, there was a moment in time where all that stuff was happening. Mm -hmm. I remember even the end game trailers, right? When we got trailer two and three, we were just kind of like, stop, you know, we don't need this. You know, (laughs) it's unnecessary. I'm going to see the movie. Give me one good trailer. Let me wonder about the rest and imagine. And then there were a few movies after that, which like trailers were coming out. They just weren't great. Yeah. Um, This trailer is intriguing, which I think is what a trailer should be. Mm -hmm. Right. When I see it, I shouldn't understand. I should have questions. I should be curious and intrigued. Yeah. This trailer was that for me. Yeah, I think this this trailer does a good job of building a story in and of itself, right? Like it, it gives you sort of, um, it gives you a beginning, middle, and sort of end to it, where it starts you off with a perfectly seemingly normal person, and she's kind of going through life. She's excited about I, I don't know some 
uh, I don't know if it's like a promotion or I don't know something that she's excited about. I forget exactly what. Um, but uh, but then it starts as the trailer sort of goes on. You start diving more and more into sort of like her sort of insanity, um, and uh, I think that's great. And there's no person better than Alison Brie. I think she was one of the most underrated, uh, un- under spoken about actresses in uh in hollywood working today i think uh and and one of the things that make me say that is uh the uh show glow she uh she she's fucking fantastic in the in the show and she she wears many hats within the show um and uh this movie seems like it's going to be one of those situations where you go into it thinking one thing and then come out thinking a completely different thing um, so I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very fucking interested in, in seeing where this all, uh, goes with this particular, uh, uh, film. And again, it's, uh, due out, uh, um, February 7th on, um, on Netflix. Um, okay. With that being said, let's move forward with another trailer that's dropped this week. Okay, uh, we also got this week a trailer for the final season of the much uh, much acclaimed uh, series uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, which is an animated series, um, and it basically is the events between Episode Two and Episode Three of uh, uh, of the Star Wars franchise, which is between uh, the Attack of the Clones and then the Revenge of the Sith. Um, the reason why I had this up there because usually I don't is because it's so fucking good. Like I remember watching it, and I was just like, I kind of want to watch this, even though I've never really been interested in Clone Wars. Now I was kind of like, eh, fuck it, I might check that out. So I've not watched this and I typically don't like animated versions of movies that I'm familiar with, right? Like for example, they have all of like the um MCU animated films, right? They have the sure. Iron Man anime, animated films, Hulk and you know all the different characters, Captain America, all these different storylines. Once I see the live action film with like real people, it's hard for me to watch the takedown of like the animated version. Um, so I wasn't particularly interested in this, but after having like watched this trailer, uh, and then I went through and I watched like a, I found like other trailers and clips online. Yeah, this shit looks good. Yeah, <laughs> don't look at that. Yeah, like <laughs> as much as I, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, that thing is not for me. I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I, I prefer the live action films. Fuck that. Yeah, this, this looks, looks good. She looks great. Um, so, uh, so one thing is, is that it's, uh, you know what this reminds me of? Sorry to cut you off. This sure. reminds me of an impossible burger. Impossible or burger? Or a Beyond Burger, sure. right? Okay. It's like, the, they're like the, the plant-based burgers. It looks and feels like real meat. <laughs> uh, it, it kind of, it even tastes like real meat, but yeah. it's all like plant shit. Yeah. That was like watching um, this trailer for me was like, ah, you know, I like the real shit. You know, I like real beef, real meat. I don't like that other stuff. I watched this. Yeah. So I was like, oh, ah, I might, I might take a bite. <laughs> and I actually had a, a Beyond Burger recently. Yeah, at, um, that was uh, a restaurant here in Baltimore. It's called Don't Know, right on, uh, uh, I believe it was it's Light Street in Baltimore, Maryland. Check it out if you haven't been. Great food. It was fucking good. Yeah, 
Dude, you could not tell that you it's weren't probably eating it's a definitely real me. beef burger. Yeah, it was definitely me. I think it's like um, it's like a it's it's like plant based meat looking shit, and mm. they fry it. They probably fry it in in yeah uh, meat fat fat <laughs> in the same grease that they fried other burgers in. So it qualifies yeah. as plant based, yeah. but it's fried it's and, the, and soak it in all those uh, bare fat, right? <laughs> <laughs> get a little bit of both you feel yeah. better about yourself you get to tell your friends like oh yeah i'm vegan now um but you're still an <laughs> asshole um so what's different about this this particular show is, is that uh it's it's not really like those other shows that are just cartoons based on or animated series based on you know like the marvel franchise mm-hmm. like iron man all that um it, it actually fits within the canon of the actual films right so this this is about the time between episodes uh two and three uh attack of the clones and revenge of the sith yeah so these are these are all brand new stories that fit within the context mm-hmm. of the broader story like you know and it's different from like say like an iron man show that might show on i don't know disney or whatever um that doesn't really have anything to do with anything you know within the actual mcu uh, um, canon. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really unique and, and really, really great. And one thing about this, this series that I was like, Oh, like I didn't even know that was even a thing was a uh, Darth Maul. It looks like returns, which was Ooh. fucking interesting. Right. Like I, I thought he was, he was one just of the more interesting <laughs> characters in the, uh, he was, he, he looked Wars. like somebody dotted him up, you know, yeah. in the, in the head, just gave him a couple lumps. Just yeah. Popped. Him, you know you who, know? um, if, if Darth Maul was a real person, you know who he would listen to his favorite, artist would be who's that billy eilish for sure <laughs> he would why listen to her that? all of her music why do you say that i don't know the first, when you mentioned darth maul she was the first person to come to mind like he would definitely listen to music. <laughs> yo how do you how do you feel and not to get segue from his you know star wars talk but how do you feel about uh, billy eilish so i listened to her entire album and um she, she makes good music uh, and she's uh, so it was also announced that Billie Eilish was doing the um, uh, the the Bond theme song. Oh, yes, for the that's something Bond that film. we never talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so shout out to Billie Eilish, huge, huge accomplishment. I think Adele did the previous. No, uh, it was a, well, yes, uh, it was uh, Adele then Sam. Uh, Sam Smith. Smith. Yes, is it Sam Smith? Um, uh, now and Billie now Eilish. it is. Yeah. Uh, so Billie shout Eilish. out to her. Um, she makes, and, and this is the one thing I do like about her. She makes particular style of music for a particular type of listener right like i don't think she's i don't think she does well no granted i think she just makes whatever the fuck billy eilish like so she and i'm sure every artist wants everyone to like their music right you want to make music for everybody to listen to Mm -hmm. um but she in what i've heard from her so far has been uncompromising in that like Mm -hmm. she is who she is she makes the type of music that she makes. That type of music may appeal to certain types of people, mm-hmm. and she's perfectly fine with that. Like, if you don't, I'm sure she's like, if you don't like the shit that I do, that's fine with me. Yeah, because it's not for you. It's it's for me, and it's for the people who identify with it. You yeah. know who she somewhat reminds me of, which is one of my favorite artists of all time. Mm. Um, uh, she's why am I forgetting her? I, she's one of my favorite artists of all time. I'm forgetting her name. Uh, <laughs> Might not she, be your favorite artist of all time. <laughs> Amy Winehouse. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I can see that. A Amy bit. Winehouse sort was of brashness. She was sure. unapologetically Amy Winehouse, right? Sure. Okay. Did not feel a need to. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, she was just 
I make the music I make. You could like it, you could love it, you could hate it, uh, but I make the music I make. That's what I got from listening to Billie Eilish's album. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I I actually like Billie Eilish. Dope ass name, Billie too. Eilish. Fucking dope. Yeah, it's a weird name, I guess, but uh, Billie Eilish. Yeah, you can't be. I keep wanting to say eyelash. Yeah, it's you, not. Uh, that's a name where you have to be like. <laughs> A celebrity, you have to be famous. You can't be Billie Eilish and your Uber driver is three minutes away. Billie Eilish is picking you up in a red Toyota Corolla. No, no it wouldn't work. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, no, so uh, I actually actually like her, with the exception of I don't necessarily like the fanfare around her. Meaning, anything she does is considered gold now, and yeah. it's just like, no, it's not. She just like she wears like weird outfits or, or not weird outfits, but she just is like, not like she just kind of just does her own thing. And, and, and they're like, <gasps> yeah. what is she trying to say with this fashion? It's like, I think she just, bro, I think she's wearing a shirt. Like she just I, got <laughs> dressed. Um, and, and you know why I know you don't like that? Mm. It's because you hate that type of thing. I, I genuinely do. You do. I, and I know that about I fucking you. Hate it, yeah. you. You genuinely dislike when a large group, group of people or like you know um when a large portion of society likes something right whether it's like a momentary thing or even if it's something that's actually good in the beginning you'll still dislike that thing no no not necessarily i'm sure when the iphone first came out you were like it's just it's just a phone you can just touch the screen it's not even really a, no i'm uh, still saying that but yeah, yeah uh, you are i see that <laughs> <laughs> no uh no no, no. It, it, it's not that it's just because, for instance, my favorite band is uh, Coldplay, right? Like, everybody fucking likes Coldplay. At least every, like, fans like Coldplay. Like, it's like some critics are like, ah, fuck Coldplay, right? Um, or, like, it's like a thing to, like, make fun of them and be like, oh, if you if you like Coldplay, you're like a cornball. But, so it's not the fact that something's popular. It's that it's it's anything that they do then, therefore, becomes gold. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the part of it that I can't stand. This is like, you're forgetting to treat this person as a person or in treat, forgetting to treat their art as art. Meaning that yeah. like, it, I can love Coldplay, right? But if they come out with a song that I just don't like, I'm like, I just don't like the song. Like, I think it's just trash. Yeah, like, no, that's not my true. thing. Right. It's like, but like, but like by definition, anything that Billie Eilish does is like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's incredible. Yeah. Is, what does this and, mean? And, what is that this? particularly happens with like music when there's an artist in time that's hot and it's like, Oh, everything they do is great. Like, um, like the baby, right. He's a popular rap artist right now. Right. Yeah. Um, music really is to me, in my opinion, I listened to his whole album. Wasn't that good. But right now, because he's so hot, People say, "Oh, yo, oh, everything he does is great. His album is uh, phenomenal. His features are phenomenal. This is yeah. phenomenal." And I'm like, "Nah, he has really good songs, yeah. um, but everything he's doing is not great. There's some good stuff. There's some shit that are just like exactly. we won't remember it in a people year." People forget to like have their own opinions about things, or better yet, people forget to continue to judge those things using the same set of mm, standards based off of based off the merit of the thing versus exactly. the person. Like just because I like this sure. person you still have to judge the quality of their work on a defined, you know, whatever standards that, that you have, that, that you started with when you first found that thing. Sure. You can't start to not check off all those boxes just because you like work that they've done. You got to be consistent. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, uh, the clone wars, um, which we're getting, uh, the final season of, um, which I believe is going to be premiering February, uh 21st of uh this exact year it's a good day february 21st is that why, why is it a good day 
I don't know. It just sound it's it's a smooth sounding day. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll just take your word for it. It's like my birthday, August twentieth. It just like like what's your birthday? Uh, October twenty eighth. Too close to October thirty first. October thirty first has a ring to it. October twenty eighth. You know, it's like uh, when you send out the RSVP. You know, you know how there's the yes, no, maybe. Uh, mm. I'll click maybe. That's why I never send out RSVPs. I just don't do anything <laughs> for my birthday. <laughs> it's not a smooth day. Yeah, I just don't do anything for it. Um, okay, uh, let's let's move on here. Uh, we have uh, irresistible, which is. Uh, about a Democrat strategist who helps a retired veteran run for mayor in a small town, uh, conservative Midwest town or conservative. I'm sorry. Run for mayor in a small conservative Midwest town. Um, this film is indeed directed by uh, 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 the illustrious, the incomparable John Stewart. It is both written and directed by uh, John Stewart. One of my favorite I don't even know, like uh, commentators, uh, actors, uh, stand-up artists. Uh, I, I don't even know what the fuck, the, what box he And he put wasn't him in. a particularly good actor or comedian. Uh, Truth be told, all right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows that. <laughs> but uh, what he found his niche in uh, being funny enough and interesting enough to host a daily show for how long did he host a daily show like oh god since uh what like the 90s late like, like maybe late late 90s early 2000s maybe and yeah. to continue to make great show after show after show unapologetically answering questions and being able to frame news in a way that was digestible to people who didn't give a fuck about you know the politics or the government or just these things that were happening around the world. Um, he gave, he obviously led way to people like, um, you know, the current host of the daily show, Trevor Noah, uh, Trevor Noah. Um, who's the other, yeah, guy? he has a whole host, Sam B Colbert. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, Hassan Minaj, like yeah. just uh, everybody. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, even, uh, I'm not sure who came first, him or Bill Maher. Uh, they, they came from, I mean, for one, they do kind of different things, but then also like they, their careers aren't necessarily one to one. Even though I can see John how Stewart's people better, can, though yeah, John Stewart's way better. better. I, I fucking yeah. I, I I used to actually I didn't really know that much about Bill Maher, but then I kind of got a little bit of taste of him, and I kind of liked him a little bit. And then as the more I kept listening, just like yeah. anybody else, right? Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, the more rope you give people, the more they're just like, yeah, they just and, prove and, that they're. And stupid. here's the difference to me, but about. Um, and not, and I don't want to go down this road about comparing people. We have to pit people against each other. Um, Bill Maher has a sense, uh, to me, has a sense of arrogance about like who he is and what he does. Right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm Bill Maher. I have this show on HBO, and I deliver the news, and I'm an important person, and what I say is is important. Right? Mm -hmm. What John Stewart was able to do over the course of uh, his his tenure on The Daily Show was deliver the news in a digestible interesting fun way without you know the uh the arrogance around it right like he wasn't above 
the news or above what was happening. He was just delivering it to you no, in here, a fun way that you could understand. Here's the thing. I, I think that it's just logic, right? Like, I think John Stewart was just logical about yeah. the jokes that he made, the, the his delivery uh, of, of those jokes. Um, whereas I think Bill Maher is just at times just rank, just he, he reeks of sort of this, uh oh i i know better than you and what i say is just fact yeah. based on the fact that i'm saying it you know like there's just like with john stewart there's like a you could follow it you know what i mean with bill maher is just oh i said it so therefore yeah it's true which is why i love that episode of um comedians and cars uh getting coffee with like uh it was uh jerry seinfeld of course and bill maher and I've never seen someone given such a reality check <laughs> as Jerry Seinfeld gave Bill Maher, where he was like, like, like you, you have power, you know, you're a powerful guy, but you don't have real power. <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> Bill Maher was just kind of like, I mean, true, yeah, but I, I can't really <laughs> do shit. Yeah. I can project the idea that I might be able to, but I can't really do it. Um, I mean, which is, yeah, I think that's true to a a very sort of, but then you could argue the same thing about Seinfeld himself as well as Stewart. And and, and that's what Seinfeld knew that about himself. Exactly. And and they, exactly. It's one thing that's correct. It's one thing that to know, hey, I don't, don't, I'm Jerry Seinfeld. I don't have real power. So that allows you to be self-deprecating. It allows you to uh, not take yourself too seriously. It Uh, frees yourself of the arrogance of believing that you're powerful. When you, that's what Bill Moore has is this arrogance of no, like I host the show on HBO. So therefore I've got got a syndicated show. I've been (laughs) almost 20 years. I'm I'm powerful. It's like, no, you're not. If the executive decides to cancel your shows or someone shoots you in the head, you know, (laughs) power is gone. That can be said about pretty much anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and, and that's important to know. To know in life, yeah. <laughs> if you get shot in the head, everything you were doing stops. It's all done. Um, okay, so let's talk about this movie, Irresistible, uh, which uh, again is written directed by John Stewart, um, but also uh, stars uh, Steve Carell as well as uh, Mackenzie uh, Davis, uh, who who we both uh, really like. Uh, Rose Byron, um, love her. Love yeah, Rose she, Byron. She's, she's great. Um, Chris Cooper, uh, Natasha Leone, um, and uh, of course uh, Tova Grace, as well as uh, Deborah Messing. Um, uh, th- this looks really good. Uh, I, th- I thought it, uh, it it sort of reeked a little bit of um, the campaign with uh, Will Ferrell, which I've grown to really like that movie. Uh, I never, I didn't really like it at first, but yeah. uh, I, I've kind of grown to like it. And the more I, the older I get, the more I hate Will Ferrell. This is not what? that. It's not that. Fu- he's funny. no, no, no. His later movies aren't that funny. So his early his earlier Will shit. Ferrell? Yeah, come on. It's um, classic. Come on. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Uh, good. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights uh, is good. Uh, Anchorman. I hated Anchorman. Yeah, a- I don't for me, know. everything That's after a very Anchorman, sucked. un-American thing to say. What do you? The Anchorman was like one of the first ones to come out. <laughs> it was. It wasn't Talladega Nights and came before. That was that. after. No, that was after Anchorman. All right, well, maybe Anchor Man is a different storyline for me, but I hated that. I didn't hate it; it just wasn't good. You, okay, fair enough. I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to dissect that. But um, he he had so many iconic roles. Like, so for instance, it wasn't even his movie, but I remember uh, uh, 
the best character in Wedding Crashers was Will Ferrell in Chaz. Ma! Ma! Me love! <laughs> that, that shit was funny. <laughs> that shit still yeah. slaps, you know, until th- this very day. So I, I refuse to believe that uh, that Will Ferrell isn't uh, one of the best com- comedic actors of all time. It's just that some of his later movies is just can't really identify with yeah um but the early ones just he's etched in stone in in, yeah. in the uh comedic world rose byron we just mentioned her uh i love the work that she does you know who she uh, reminds me of mm. um and again this is not to like uh put her in the shadow of anyone or compare or like like you know, but it is male though. actors to to female actors but mm. i think like i i think it's it's fair to say that you know vince vaughn right he was able to do something very interesting where he looks like a actor who should be like a more serious um look i tell you man i, I saw him in um was it americans not american psycho uh because early on in his career he did like more serious no no, no he didn't he, he did uh he did uh like um what's it called uh the movie that he did with uh john favreau um swingers mm-hmm. he had swingers which wasn't necessarily like a serious role but uh, I mean, like I mean it early was Vince Vaughn. I think in yeah, the that, beginning, that was that was literally yeah. like one of the first movies that he yeah. ever in the beginning. I think he with. tried to do like more like serious films, and then like we found out like this guy, but he's unassuming, right? Because in real sure. life, okay. he's like six seven, right? He's tall as fuck. Um, he's a guy who doesn't look like he should be funny. Fair enough. But okay. he, he's just, but he is. He's but very. The funny. show that I was gonna say is um, True Detective. That was the one. That was the first thing that I really remember seeing him in. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, I'm, I'm gonna take you a little more serious than yeah. I than I usually do." Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Rose uh, uh, Byron Byron uh, manages to do the same thing. Whereas when you look at her, she does not look funny, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it's maybe a fucked up set, <laughs> but like there are certain people who look funny. Like yeah. you look like if you tell me a joke, I can laugh. And there are certain people who don't because they look a little bit more serious. Sure. She looks serious but it's very like that kind of like sarcastically funny kind of like a tina fey right but but here's the thing though tina fey looks funny right i don't think she looks funny i think you're just used to her telling jokes i think rose byron benefits from that she's just like she's kind of like this british i don't know what she is she is british i guess i don't know um but she's like this british or possibly australian Australian. uh, yeah that's what i was gonna say next um you know uh who has his accent and you're like eh yeah you know we're used to what you're usually in but she then you know ha- she's in these roles i don't think it's jokes necessarily so much as the roles that she's in that uh, kind of allow her to sort of play around a little bit especially with the the, the and, and again i'm not u- necessarily used to seeing her in like these type of roles but um the one of the first ones was uh, neighbors with uh, seth rogan I remember that was one of the first ones that I saw her and I was like, oh, okay. Like you, you're pretty funny. Yeah. Like, and it's because you're, she's juxtaposed to like, so for instance, she's but even across from yeah. like Steve Carell, whereas before she was with neighbors, she was across from Seth Rogen. Yeah, but even then, right? Like, let's say you're across from someone who's like a proven known, like comedic actor or comedian who's funny, right? Mm-hmm. You still have to carry yeah, absolutely. your weight. And she manages to do that every step of the way even though you don't really picture her or put her in the same category as like a comedian, mm-hmm. right? She can stand next to a Seth Rogen and hold her, uh, sure. and, and hold her own. Yeah. 
um, which is what I always loved about her. Yeah, this movie looks great. The cast looks great. Um, this, you know, again, Mackenzie Davis, who um, from Term- Terminator: Dark Fate, I think she was phenomenal in that movie. Uh, I think she's has a bright future. I think they. Should, Dude, I, I'm going to recommend. You know who? Well, I'm going to recommend. Okay. That <laughs> I'm going to recommend. No, no, you don't recommend. I'll recommend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next time I go to a restaurant, no, 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 no. I'm gonna recommend. I will recommend scram- uh, Scampi, the I soup of the scrampy. day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, where are you gonna recommend? I feel like we should recast Brie Larson with Mackenzie Davis as Captain Marvel. Look, I wouldn't be hurt about that, but I, I, I love, I love Brie yeah, Larson. Hey, listen, I'm a I, casting director. I, I, I love Brie Larson, um, but I, I do also love Mackenzie Davis. So I'm not going to try to split hairs between them. Um, I still think that Brie Larson has a lot to offer the role. She just has, and they, they have a new director. That's one thing I will say about the role. They, they do have a new director for Captain Marvel too. So here's where we're going to be able to, and it's uh, the same person who's, um, Fuck! What, oh, uh, the uh, person who's writing um, the Eternals, Wandavision, Wandavision, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, Wandavision um, is is going to be, and from what I hear, Wandavision is like fucking out of this world, yeah. next level craziness. Well, so, I hope this person brings a uh, a new vision to Captain Marvel. But they have re- to, they have re- to, they have to, they have to cast. But that's why they have a new director, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's because they know they realize that didn't work out too well the first time. And Captain Marvel worked out well because of what it was, right? Like. It was going to do numbers no matter what. Doesn't mean that it was a great film, right? No, 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 no. I, Captain Marvel by no means was a great film. Yeah, what? I, and I, I, I no, would never, no. I would never say such, mm-hmm. right? But what I would say is, it was. You think Captain Marvel was a great film? No, I didn't. I, I, I said specifically the opposite of that. I said it wasn't a great film. Oh, okay. No. All right. All right. Yeah, relax. My mind is it's playing okay. tricks on me. I thought you said it was. It, relax. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I pulled my knife out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have. Shouldn't, I shouldn't treat you. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it wasn't a great film by any stretch of the imagination, right? But I still think that. And this is why I always say that you have to check out Brie Larson's previous work because it gives you an insight into what she's able to bring to any particular role. Whereas if you just watch Captain Marvel, you're like, oh, she sucks as an actress. It's like, no, like I genuinely do believe that it was the direction of the film that just made it seem like she just sucked. Because if you actually think about the actual film, separate her performance from the film. Did you actually like the plot of the movie? No, exactly. So that that's what I mean. If you if you feel differently about the plot of the movie, that's going to then affect all aspects. So, for instance, did you think that Samuel L. Jackson did a particularly good job in the movie? I'm trying to separate myself from my love of Samuel L. Jackson to I, his. I'm going to say his I'm going to say no in that role. I will also say I would give him like a B minus. Really, but is that? But that, that, that's because you love Samuel Jackson, though, not because he was just particularly good in the role. So the the best characters in this entire film, the only character who really did their job was the cat. No, no, no. I, I think that uh, Mendelssohn or whatever his name uh, is. Uh, ben ben Mendelssohn. I thought, I, thought, I thought he did a fantastic job in the film. He did good. His character was weak, right? In, in terms of like, um, like I forget what uh, race of... of scrolls scrolls yes yeah. um 
so I, you know, I did some research on the scrolls. They're actually a very, um, very powerful, very effective, like being right and capable in terms of what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like Drax's character in the, in, in the MCU, they really diminished. So Ben was, he was given like a Ferrari, but he can, he can only drive it under 50, <laughs> right? Hey, he, he, you know, 400 horsepower, 380 pound pound feet of torque to the wheels or whatever that fucking you know what that whatever that math is um an open road right no traffic no police mm. keep it under 50 buddy that's what he was given mm. so i think he's a great actor he did well with but he could have if he uh was given more he would have been able to do so much more yeah but i don't uh. think but because he was confined to that you know speed limit of 50 mm. I, don't, I, I don't think he did great either Okay, the cat uh, really killed it in, the, in that movie. Yeah, the cat. The cat honestly gets the uh, the all star, but also I think he, he did um, a, a very he he killed it in his his particular portrayal of uh, I forget what his character's name it was Lars or I don't know something in the, you know in the in the film. But um, but yeah, long story short, irresistible. <laughs> to get back to that film um i think it looks like a very great film um it it, again harkens back to the campaign with will ferrell but uh but it looks like it might have like a little more teeth a little more meat uh than that film had that that was really just will ferrell's as well as uh who's the uh who's the guy from hangover um uh zach galifianakis um it was really just their playground to really just you know play around and, and do whatever they wanted to do but i think that this film is going to have a little more substance to it uh a little more meat to it than uh than that particular film did um so so yeah uh question um do you think that a film that has more than one true star so for instance i'm putting sort of like rose byron chris cooper all those people sort of on the same level do you think this sort of like hosh posh of like uh actors and actresses do you think that is to the benefit of the film or does it kind of like eh, there's a lot of people in it or would you like to see like one particular star be like oh like this is my film i mean listen people watch the pro bowl for a reason right <laughs> No, they don't watch the promo for a reason. No, but, but but a lot of so a lot of people don't, and a lot of people do, right? Like it's twenty million people watch the Pro Bowls. The viewership numbers are good, right? Mm. So when you have a movie like this, where you have all these big name actors and actresses, people like to see a bunch of their favorites, right? You want to see Steve Corral, you want to see uh, uh, Rose Byron, and you want to see Mackenzie Davis, and you, you want um and who's the other? And first of all, let's not f- fucking forget who's the real heavyweight in this movie. Who's the real titan? Mm. These are all actors. There's a god among them. Mm. You know, a true titan, right? Okay. So that's Will Sasso. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's he been around I for mean, the longest let's, let's, you know, let's cut the bullshit, okay? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest about this. Will fucking Sasso... Will fucking Sasso is a true king among these mere mortals, right? He is why I'm, I want to see this movie. 
<laughs> yeah, it's got Steve and, and and Rose. We're on a first name basis now, and, and, <laughs> and Mackenzie. Yeah. Um, they're cool. Will Sasso will make this film, in my opinion. Fair enough. Um, I just don't want anybody to forget that. Yeah, because that's a real thing. Yeah, you got a phone call. Do you need to take that? Nay. Okay. This is uh, someone I'd rather talk to um, <laughs> next month. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, okay, so we sort of adjudicated the. Uh, uh, oh, and by the way, if you don't know who Will Sasso is, we know Will Sasso from um, Mad, uh, Mad TV. TV. Yeah. Uh, best opening theme song uh, in T. Oh, among the best opening theme songs in. You TV are history. now watching Mad. Mad. Mm-mm. Right. Uh, yeah. That Highlander. Yo, it didn't. It didn't last for that long, though. Matt TV went on a good while. They were competing against SNL. Yeah. <laughs> when you compare the two, it's sad how short Matt TV lasts. But you know what, though? I I was a Matt TV. Oh, I, I think there are a lot of people I, who I don't are, think I've ever watched a full episode of SNL. Yeah. I, would, I fucking always would watch Matt TV. Yeah. No, no, that's very fucking true. incredible 100%. what they did. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I was always a big fan of Mad TV uh, versus, and I think they tried to reboot Mad TV. They did, yeah. Yeah, and it just did not, uh, it didn't uh, pin out. It did not, yeah. did not work out well because uh, yeah. the, the cast that they rebooted it with just, I mean, the talent level was just not mm. uh, the same. But uh, Mad TV, I mean, uh, they had some fucking heavy hitters. Uh, who was the other guy? It was Will Sasso. There was the other guy. Uh, what's his name? Ben. Um, not Ben. Uh, is it Ben? Damn, I, I forget his name. But he was in. He was in the Hangover as well. He was like the uh, the the dude who like was shot in the leg or something like that. Am I remembering that right? He was like the foreign dude. Uh, I don't know if I remember him. Uh, but just to, just to go over like just some of the names from Mad TV, right? We've got up uh, Alex Bornstein, which she always played the mom to Michael McDonald. Remember, he'd be like, "No, yeah. no. Stewie, yeah, Stewie, yeah, yeah. Stewart, or Stewart, or whatever Stewart, his name. Stewart, yeah." yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, Michael McDonald, Aries Spears, right? Um, uh, yeah, I'm not even really a fan of Aries Spears. What post man post man TV? Yeah. Uh, his stand-ups to me are great. Um, Stephanie uh, Weir no, was phenomenal. Uh, we've got Jordan Peele, uh, Mad TV in his younger days. Um, uh, Orlando Jones. I remember Orlando Jones yeah. for sure. Yeah, like, like the cast of uh, the talent that came out of Mad TV. To in my opinion really strongly rivals the, the talent that came out of SNL. No, S- I, I think that's, but for the short-lived life. So, for instance, yeah, if it lasted if it lasted as long, I, I might not like, be yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Right. Uh, shout out to Will Sasso yeah. and the cast of Mad TV. Yep. Alright. Damn, yeah, uh, we, we're bringing back some, you know, this is some generational shit we're talking about. It right definitely here. is. It definitely is. But we gotta hurry up through this because yeah. we've been talking for almost two hours yeah, yeah. and we haven't even gotten through the trailer show. Uh, oh, <laughs> so the last trailer that we're uh, we're gonna talk about is uh, Vivranium uh, or Vivarium. Vivarium, I believe is it's pronounced. Uh, so look, this is uh, about a young couple. Um, is thinking about uh, buying their starter home. And to this end, they visit a real estate agency where they receive, uh, they are received by a strange sales agent who accompanies them to a new mysterious peculiar uh, housing development to show them a single family home 
there they get trapped in a surreal maze-like nightmare um this film is uh directed by uh lorcan uh finnergan uh as well as written by finnergan as well as uh garrett shanley um whoops i clicked on the wrong thing uh written by uh garrett uh shanley uh as well and he has a story by credit uh credit um and then of course shanley is uh is also uh, writing the actual screenplay for it as well um and this stars uh jesse eisenberg uh of a lot of fame uh with social, <laughs> social network, network uh batman versus superman which, was, which uh, he had yeah, no business being regrettable yeah i'm sure uh uh but also imogen potts uh jonathan uh Aris, uh, and, uh, and a few other people. Um, so, uh, this film looked fucking interesting. This is, this seems like a, an original sort of idea. Like I, I, you know, it's so, you know, we talk so much about like having original ideas in Hollywood and, 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 and maybe it's not, maybe there, you could point to like five other movies that are the same exact fucking plot. But to me, this looked like something that was just like, Oh, this looks fresh. This looks like something that just, uh, that I haven't come across before. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I wonder what agency their realtor works for. It's probably like Redfin or something. Oh, definitely, like that. definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> or a strange yeah. neighborhood that you're just like, wait, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, which yeah, is, sounds like Redfin. that is actually the bigger. So <laughs> I guarantee you, there, uh, um, real estate brokerage firms, especially the big ones, Century Twenty One, mm. uh, Long and Foster, like Redfin, Compass, <laughs> the the national ones, right? Yeah, they're all gonna be fucking dying to sponsor this <laughs> film or sponsor an event for the film literally or, right do they know what the fuck the film is about they're yeah, like no, uh, we don't care <laughs> you know, publicity is publicity sometimes buyers or sellers die properties become available it is what it is hey, we've got to sell those properties buyers and going, sellers market. it's a buyer's market <laughs> especially if the seller's dead um, no this movie looks interesting I definitely think it's um, uh, as you said it's original um uh, the the cast. I mean Jesse Eisenberg. I think he's a, a stellar actor. Uh, d- again, he had no business being in Batman versus Superman. No, you know what? I think he did. Except for again, it was this is the same exact thing as I'll say in because oh Jesse Eisenberg is perfect, right? So he's the example of somebody who you've seen his work previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, you haven't really seen Brie Larson in anything previously before Captain Marvel. Nay. Okay. So Jesse Eisenberg, you're familiar with, though. You've seen his previous work. You've seen Social Network. You've seen, uh, what's the magic movie that he was in? Uh, uh, with uh, Woody Harrelson yeah, and uh, all those other um, uh, yeah, people. Uh, uh, you know, Zac Efron's little yeah. brother. Zac Efron's little is that no that's not Zac Efron's that's uh what's James Franco's James Franco yeah yeah Yeah. they're all related (laughs) (laughs) yeah we give you we give you the 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 exact information here on the fate podcast um no but you've seen Jesse Eisenberg and other things so therefore you have confidence in his ability so when you see his performance in Batman for Superman you're like I don't know what the fuck that was, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is that's, not what I expect that's from you. the exact sentiment that I have with Brie Larson, where I've seen her in other things where I'm like, holy shit, like she's given the performance of a lifetime in it. Um, but you see her in Captain Marvel, you're like, I don't know what the fuck yeah. that was. You know, you like, shouldn't have come here. <laughs> <laughs> but But it's the same sentiment of like, I blame more the movie. Like you would blame the movie over Jesse Eisenberg's 
so uh, yes that, that's true right? right when i look at batman versus superman and jesse eisenberg um uh, as lex luther because i've seen the quality of his work before i know that mm-hmm. this actor is, is is a capable actor who um the the film was bad the direction he was given this film was bad and but i know he's a capable actor brie larson i haven't seen yeah. enough of her work to, so therefore you, know, you look at her performance you're like fuck it yeah i look at that performance yeah. and i'm like i know she sucks but again i think because you've enlightened me about like the work that she's done without having seen any of that i can say that i'm certain she's a stellar actress Mm -hmm. i'm certain of that um without knowing but i'm still certain right and this particular role is just not for her i don't think it's a particular role again i think it's the direction i think it's the film I, so for instance i think it's both it's, li- it's, it's li- the listen, role listen, listen to me she, this is just not for her now listen to me i would i think jesse eisenberg as lux luther is a perfect casting hmm. if you put him in the right scenario anybody can be a perfect actor or actress if you put wait, wait, you said in jesse the eisenberg as lux luther would be perfect no That's, absolutely not it's because of what they did. No, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. I, I, I understand you de- disagree, but listen to what I'm saying. It's um, a hard disagreement here. Fair enough. Uh, but it's it's the manner in which they portrayed him. So, for instance, uh, I think the best Lex Luthor of all time, and it's not even, it's not going to be close, and it's not ever going to be close, is Michael Rosenbaum, who we'll talk about again in a story later on in the, in the show. Although we're already at two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor in Smallville, best Lex Luthor we're ever going to get, hands down. There's no comparison. It's not even a question, right? As a young Lex, yes. Who as an old Lex? Like, what do you, what do you, like, what do you, who, I think Kevin what? Spacey would be a, fuck you. A good old Lex Luthor. We, we, no, we've already seen him as old Lex <laughs> Luthor in, <laughs> in uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, uh, still Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor is, I don't care, young, old, uh, Asian, he, he, uh, African American. Of, of the people who's, the who's played Lex Luthor so far, yes, he is the best. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's not even a question. Someone send him a check. I know he's not, no, he's, not he's, me. he's still getting checks. But he's, he's still, still getting get, yeah, he's still he getting deserves, bigger checks. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he he did he, he played the fuck he out of that character. Rushed it on. He's the best thing about Smallville. But um, that was standing. I think that they could have crafted a role for Jesse Eisenberg that would have been perfectly tailored. So, for instance, we we really like Jesse Eisenberg in Social Network, right? He was sort of this guy who's working behind the scenes. Uh, we saw sort of his dickishness in in, in terms of like uh, he was sort of he was enough removed from scenarios, but enough engaged with scenarios where you're like, come on, dude, like, you know what the fuck you're doing here. You're like, you're being, you're, you're the one being a dick here, not the other people in the scenario. Yeah. I think all of that you could have brought to the Lex Luthor role, but all they had him really doing was just being this like fucking rampant talking, sort of maniacal you didn't really understand his motivations yeah sort of like and and but i, I his motivations you 100 percent didn't understand didn't understand but i think you could have still made that character in in, in the form of a social uh the social network sort of uh zach uh what's his name uh, the guy with the, uh who's this who's the guy facebook facebook guy uh, Mark, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could have made him in that form of a Mark Zuckerberg type, and you wouldn't have been that far from a fucking Lex Luthor <laughs> if you would. <laughs> so, no matter what they did with this role, no matter how great they wrote this character, I still think Jesse Eisenberg was not the actor for who, it. Who do you who do you think uh, would have so, been so a good actor? Here, here, let me let me hear who you think would have been a good actor. Because in the 
DC Universe, right? Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor um, is more than just a smart scientist businessman, right? Lex Luthor, um, in a lot of instances, plays like a formidable opponent to Superman, particularly when like Lex Luthor builds the suit. And Simply he, because he's smarter than He obtains Superman. kryptonite where he... Not that, only that's is, the dynamic between him and Superman is, is that he's just smarter. Yeah, he's than smarter, Superman, so. right? Sure. But he also th- poses like a, um, a physical. No, uh, no, 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 no. That that's the everlasting dynamic. It's it's the ultimate juxtaposition. It's brawn over brain. Yeah, but what Lex Luthor does using his brains is he also throughout like uh, the Superman like different sides. Sure, he builds like exos- he builds skeletons. Suits and, yeah, sure, suits, okay. right. so he can pose like a physical threat to Superman as well using his uh, using right. But his that's brain. not his greatest so, threat to yes, Superman. But like f- for me, like knowing knowing the the story of this Lex Luthor character, I I need to see both. Right, you got to show me that I, not only this character is intelligent, but this guy can. So that means by definition, suit and go you could have put anybody in an exoskeleton and be like, all right, that's his equal. Robert Downey Jr., right? You look at him and he's not but again, Chris Hemsworth in terms of size and build, no, right? But, he's but, a, but if we're speaking, he can sell it like the, the if we're speaking to the intellect and the physical, if we're speaking to the actor, it was Robert Downey's portrayal of. Uh, Tony Stark, uh, Tony Stark yeah. that we were like, oh my God, this is, he's fast talking. He's because that fit the character, that fit the narrative that they were trying to portray. Right. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that they, they had the wrong narrative. They had the, they had the wrong Lex Luthor. I'm not saying that they didn't have the wrong actor playing Lex Luthor. They just had the wrong, they were Lex telling Luthor. the wrong Lex Luthor story. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, I agree with that with uh, Batman versus Superman. Then they still have the wrong actor, but let's continue. Vibarium. <laughs> <laughs> um, this looks like a really interesting movie. Uh, I, I definitely check it out. Um, I'm, I've always been a fan of uh, Imogen Potts. Um, she was in. I'm trying to think. I of like her in Need for Speed. Um, no, I don't. I don't like anything about that movie. I, I hate pretty much everything about it. Um, I'm trying to think of the movie that I first saw her. Her in. and Kid Cudi Kid as Cudi. Maverick. <laughs> what? Right. So I mean, the character Kid. Cause, so Kid Cudi played the helicopter guy in that movie. Um, Oh, and and Need for Speed. Need for Speed. Yeah. I, I promptly forgot everything about that movie. Yeah, uh, Imogen Potts. She was actually like good, at, really good in that movie. The movie wasn't great, but she was really good. I can't speak to that, but uh, there was one particular <laughs> movie that uh, that I remember seeing her in, and I can't um, for whatever reason I can't find the movie was that it, I remember uh, in Green Room. No, Green Room. She was excellent in the Long Way um, Down. No, ah, uh, fuck, Castle in the Ground. Oh, uh, Frank. Was it Frank and Lola? It might have been Frank and Lola. I'm trying to remember if I just... Nah, although I did want to see her not, I just never saw saw that. Uh, that was with her and Michael Shannon. Although, I maybe I did see that. I think I did see Frank and Lola. She could play the next Joker. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, anyways. Um, anyways, I, 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 I'm I a big fan of Imogen Potts, so her and Jesse Eisenberg te- teaming up, and this trailer seems sort of like a tongue-in-cheek side of, kind of, uh, uh, you know, like when they give like the, the little kid the middle finger at the end uh, of it, and he gives it them back. You know, I, th- I feel, feel like it's like, sort of like a meta sort of situation that's that's happening with the, the, the film itself, and it looks like a really interesting film, um, so I wouldn't mind... Um, I wouldn't mind checking it out. Yeah, this yeah. no, this definitely looks good. Like looks said. good. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's speed forward here. Uh, we got to kind of breeze through these uh, these last of the ones, otherwise this fort podcast is going to be like three hours long. Seven hours long. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about this uh, this situation with uh, Monique. Um, 
so we all know uh, Monique, uh, the the I would say among like female comedian uh, comedians comedians. comedians. <laughs> um, I would say she uh-huh. is definitely uh, for talking about titans, right? I would I would put her up in that space, right? Sure. Um, she's paved the way for a lot of uh, female comedians throughout film, TV, stand up. Um, she, you know, 100% deserves the, uh, the accolades. Right. Sure. Um, but let's, 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 let's rewind a little bit, right. Let's go back like a year or two. Right. Uh, Monique and Netflix, they were in discussion to, uh, for her to do a, uh, standup special on Netflix. Uh, Monique felt as though she was not being compensated or offering the type of conversation com- compensation that was, <laughs> yeah, I had a tough time with that word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was just gonna roll by, but I was no, like, even, I I knew. <laughs> even I knew. Um, she was not being offered the type of compensation that was the equivalent to her other female counterparts. Uh, yep. Definitely much less than the male counterparts, uh, to the liking of Dave Chappelle and uh, Kevin Hart and you know Chris Rock, Chris Rock, and you know obviously we and, and those are just some of the some of the actors, even. You know, Jeff Segura and Bill Whoa, Burr and no, those no, guys. No, I, I wouldn't say that because I, I we don't know their numbers. We know Chappelle's numbers. We know Rock's yeah, well, numbers. Because those are the big ones. But like Bill Burr has... No, no, no. He, he got a special from Netflix. We don't know how much he made from More than Netflix. Monique. Dude, we... D- but the reason, so, the reason yeah. why I'm highlighting... I don't, I don't have the hard numbers l- l- here. Listen, yeah, yeah. the reason why I'm highlighting this is because that's something that we don't know. And so that's yeah. why I'm so, focusing on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, again, this has been going on for a while. I've read like a few different stories about this, right? So yeah. what was happening with Monique is like, uh, so she was very upset, again, at her female counterparts and her male counterparts. We know Chappelle's numbers. We know uh, Chris Rock's numbers. We know well, we Kevin know, Hart's numbers, we right? We know some of the female numbers, um, more specifically Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, right? Um, a, a part of this as well is like, even though we know those big guys, she was even receiving less than the the smaller name male comedians we, again we don't, we know, don't know the hard numbers <laughs> yeah. but because it's it's there's a lot of protected information here but a big part of it was that she was receiving an offer that was less than a lot of the male counterparts that, which are that's smaller what I would say. names she, than her she received a lot less than i think she thought she like in, in terms of how she perceived herself yeah or maybe even how some others would perceive her like i would perceive her more than she was offered i believe uh, it was quoted that f- she was initially offered five hundred thousand for from netflix uh for a special yeah which i would perceive her to be way more, more than, than that yeah five hundred thousand yeah. dollars uh if you're, if you're gonna offer somebody but let me let me run down what we're talking about here okay so it just came out recently that Monique has been offered or not offered. She's been given a special from uh, Showtime, which is called Monique and Friends uh, from Atlanta, which is uh, due to be out uh, February 7th uh, at uh, 10 p.m. on Showtime. Uh, and uh, this is her first stand up special uh, a specific. Uh, and she I think she had the Monique show, which was, uh, I believe, at the end of the 2000, uh, 2000s. Uh, uh, and uh, this is the first actual stand-up special since uh, I could have been your cellmate, uh, which was back in 2007. Um, and and so th- this particular, uh, there was a particular article that was put out by The Root uh, that I kind of want to speak to mm-hmm. that speaks to everything that I kind of want to talk about, which is uh, in the article, they uh, and this is quoting the article, this is uh, uh, proving that t- 
talent is undeniable, the new Showtime look should be uh, should be able to quell the talk that social media savvy celebrity uh, and uh, is blackballed or doesn't have an audience interested in seeing her in a stand up uh, special. Uh, so th- that's a quote from from the Roots article, um, in which case and let me even say even more of what the the root says uh the, the root says uh, netflix reportedly offered or paid rock chappelle degeneres and uh gervais uh 40 times per sh- uh, more per show than it offered monique and it offered schumer 26 times more per show than monique the lawsuit uh, and and monique ended up suing netflix because of what she deemed to be um uh, racial as well as gender discrimination. Yeah, and, um, and update on that: Netflix recently filed um, to have this case dismissed, mm-hmm. so it's still ongoing. Netflix filed for the dismissal. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and uh, to speak directly to that, the law st- uh, the lawsuit uh, states: in short, Netflix offered uh, uh, to Monique um, uh, the offer that Netflix. Um, offered to Monique perpetuates the drastic wage gap forced upon black women in the American workforce. Um, that's per CBS news. Um, so we're revisiting this issue, which we've like, it was like a year ago or a year and a half ago that we talked about. Yeah. Right. Um, so I have some definite feelings about this, uh, and they revolve around, uh, we were looking, okay. If you're Monique, right. And I, and I can't remember exactly what we said about this. I didn't, and I didn't go back to the actual podcast that we did on this to see exactly what we said. But I would imagine it was somewhere around, if you're Monique, you have to prove that you can bring people out. So for instance, Amy Schumer is touring. She's doing all these shows. She's, she's you know, I personally don't believe Amy Schumer's worth 13 <laughs> or 11 million, whatever she, she made from Netflix, right? I don't believe that. But if she's putting asses in seats, Netflix yeah. got to look at the metrics like, I mean, the numbers speak to me, so fuck it, you know? If I had a chance or a choice to go to an Amy Schumer show or a Monique show... i definitely go to a Monique show. I'm going to a Monique 100%. show. But that's just me. But yeah. I'm not blind, and I can't, you know, not see that Amy Schumer... Amy Schumer's the bigger comedian. Right now. Yeah. We're not talking about early 2000s. We're talking about right now yeah. who's the bigger comedian. Because Amy now, Schumer has, like, the movies as well. She she has the endorsements. She, I, I, she's I wouldn't a, even, she's I wouldn't a bigger even, celebrity. I wouldn't, but, even, I wouldn't even say that, that she's the bigger celebrity. So well, no, what, she, what I, she's what, put out more movies. She's got more commercial endorsements. No, like, she's the bigger enough, celebrity. Right now. But what I would actually point to is, is that, okay, then put Amy Schumer in comparison to Chris Rock, to a Dave Chappelle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like just it's just conventional wisdom. You're not a that's, tra- that sound Come effect on. that you just made. Set it off. You made a sound effect that isn't even like a real sound. It was definitely not like word. It was just, Come on, it like, was, it was just doing? a sound that summed it up. Look, like, look, no, look, we're not comparing look, apples to apples here. No. Yeah. Come on, because it's Chappelle. It's it's rock. Yeah. It's come on. It's, those yeah. they're up here. Amy yeah. Schumer is, I don't even know where she is on the t- and on that total pole. Doesn't belong on that total pole. <laughs> exactly. But, okay, fair enough. Um, we're talking about Monique here. Yeah. Okay, Monique still belongs on there. But Monique's big thing was, is like, oh, like for African-American women, they get treated differently than anybody else. Okay. Here's to her credit. Here's where, I don't remember exactly what we said in opposition to her, but I what I am going to say is, okay, I'll try to give you some middle ground here. Maybe yeah. I'll try to, I'll try to meet her in the middle where I think she's at or not necessarily where I think she's at, but 
where I think I can meet her at. Okay. So Tiffany Haddish, who is essentially is the it sort of African-American black um, comedic, uh, a comedian woman, I don't comedic know, actress, comedic yeah. actress, whatever you want to say. Um, she uh, receives a rumored, and again, I'll, I'll stress a rumored eight hundred thousand from Netflix for her special, and I think it was called Black Bar, uh, Bar uh, Black Bar Mitzvah, Mar, Bar Mitzvah, or whatever it was called, or Mat Mit, Mitzvah. Black what Mitzvah. What's the what's the? It's a Bar Mitzvah for a dude, I, I guess, and uh, Mat fits. I don't know. I thought they were the same no, shit. No, no, they're two different things. Yeah, no, I thought as long as you were Jewish, you'd get one. <laughs> no, they're two different things. Um, so, and and the only reason why, and it was only one search that I was able to actually see that that was quoted, that the $800,000 figure. Uh, but the reason why I kind of give it credence is because Ida Rodriguez, who, uh, shout out to Ida Rodriguez. She's uh, a frequenter on the Young Turks, which I, I love the Young Turks. Um, she's a frequenter on there. Um, she backed it up she didn't back up that exact figure but she did back up the fact that tiffany Haddish didn't get remotely as close as any of the you know the bigger sort of quote-unquote stars yeah of of comedy so she re- received uh, according to Ada rodriguez she received a fraction of what they received so yeah i'm giving some credence yeah, yeah. To that and, and, and just to paint the picture here dave chappelle got what 40 million dave chappelle uh i think it was quoted um yeah, I think it was forty million, and then Rock twenty million, and then, and then uh, Schumer like eleven or thirteen. Eddie Murphy. Like a, I don't. I don't know. What, I don't uh, know. That's in the rumor seventy. Is that true? Yeah. Well, I guess if you want to bring him out of retirement, you're like fuck it. Yeah. Throw the I'm, bag at him. Doesn't need the money. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. You got to throw a whole bag at Eddie, right? Um, uh, especially with like all the stuff he has going on. But yeah. when you look at four twenty million, forty million, seventy million compared to. Uh, eight hundred thousand that Tiffany Haddish got being like the it girl oh, yeah, in comedy yeah. right now. No, no, you're definitely yeah. so that's where I'm saying I'll meet Monique in the middle where I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. If that's the case, if you offered Tiffany Haddish eight hundred thousand for a fucking stand up special in your Netflix, fuck you. Yeah. Like you're a piece of shit. So if Tiffany gets eight, I'm Monique just because of uh the work that she's done prior, like she's been uh she's been she, she paved the way, right? Um, no, so no, you no, get no, a little no, bit no, of legacy money. No, 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 no. So Here, here's, here's, in my here, opinion, here's where the mistake is. Here's where the mistake is, is. Is that thinking that they're doing it based off of, oh, we owe you this much. Yeah. No, no, no. They're doing it based off of what you can do now. The reason why they offered Rock that much, or why they offered um, Chappelle that much, is because they knew that's what they can do now. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? So, so it, but it's then, not but based off of nostalgia. You, then you throw Eddie Murphy in there, right? Eddie Murphy. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Every. I'm looking for Eddie Murphy special. I don't. So you're I'm why looking are you for looking Eddie for it? You're looking for Eddie Murphy special because of the work he's done, right? You know Eddie's going to deliver that work. Perfect. Eddie, you should say that Eddie has the legacy to you know. We know this. Perfect. He, he's you should say that. One. What's the last Monique special you watched? I I mean to, I'm not going to lie here. I don't. <laughs> I don't recall. I remember, um, and, and this is and anecdotal. This was this over is anecdotal. Like, it was probably sure. ten years ago. So, yeah. The last standalone Monique special that I watched, um, maybe like Queens, because they did Kings of Comedy. Queens of Comedy was Queens like two thousand one, two thousand two. Um, so yeah, it's been a long fucking almost time. twenty years, right? Yeah, same thing for Eddie though. Monique's come out with two or three stand-up specials since then. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because. Yeah, I mean, I hate really to say it, but we're not really, not really fucking checking, checking for, for a Monique. It. 
but stand up special. But five hundred thousand is now one hundred percent a slap now, in the here's, face. Now here's here's where I can meet Monique in the middle. Is that she's saying that oh it's indicative of the discrimination against black women in the the sphere of comedy like you know comedy uh, or uh, stand up comedians that uh, perpetuates this sort of stereotype that oh black women can't draw as much. That's where I can kind of meet her in the middle because then it's like if you don't give somebody the opportunity, how the how could it? So for instance, if you don't give Tiffany Haddish the fucking opportunity, how the fuck? Like who else are you going to give the opportunity to? Yeah, now, that's very true. Now, now that we say that, uh, Wanda Sykes said uh, Netflix, and this is around the same time that Monique sort of had her tiff with, uh, or, or you know, her standing tiff with uh, Netflix. Wanda Sykes uh, said Netflix offered her uh, less than two hundred and fifty thousand uh, uh, dollars as an offer um, that she rejected. Uh, she eventually agreed to a special because quote they moved uh, that comma. Um, Sykes told Variety uh, earlier this year, and this is per CBS News. Um, so apparently, for Wanda Sykes, which she does have a stand up on on Netflix, uh, they offered her at least uh, it had amount. to be at least a mil because yeah, you know, there's only in one order to move the comma. There's only one comma that is going to matter, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I don't know. I don't know necessarily what to make of all that, but I'll, I'll at least meet Monique in the middle. In that, I'll say to her, look, and and one of the people that I can say is uh, was is a person you you know, one person I can say that like is sort of an example. Of this is Andrew Schultz, right? Andrew, uh, he he just talked recently about he's about to do a stand up special, and that he talked about his process of getting to that special. Yeah, what he first said was he was going around shopping all his, his special to everybody, and nobody wanted to fucking take a special, and then. Uh, he was just like, fuck it. I'll just shoot it myself. I'll just do this myself. And during that process, he started to get more popular. He started to, you know, gain a little more steam. What happened was a uh, production company or I guess a, a distributor came to him and said, hey, we'll release your special. We'll give you a million dollars for it. He said, look, when I came to you the initial time, my price was a million dollars. Right now, I know my stock is more than a million dollars, even though he didn't really quite know that. But it's just his own confidence that told him that when I first came to you, that's what the price was. The price has gone up because you clearly see that I've got a little more steam. Yeah. So what did he, he went back to them. He's like, Hey, no, it's, it's more than a million. And so they were like, all right, we'll give you more than a mil. That's how you fucking do it though. That's, and that's my fundamental problem with Monique is, is that instead of trying to just sue your way into it, why not prove your way into it? Yeah. Meaning that like, instead of bet on yourself, exactly. Do the bet work on your fucking self, put it out and then sell the work that you've done. Exactly. Sh- d- d- like demonstrate to them that, Hey, I'm worth more than you're offering me. And then watch the stupid look on their face as they have to come back to you with a way higher price than they did originally. Yeah. Like, w- why isn't that your, and, and I, I, I get what she's saying. Like, I'm doing this for black women. I'm, I'm doing this for so that the, those behind me can have a better future. But how you can create that precedent is by doing exactly that, proving to them, hey, I'm worth more than this. And now you guys have to come back to the bargaining table knowing that you offered me some bullshit before. Now you got to come to me with yeah. the bag knowing that you fucked up. Versus just trying to like sue just your way to into your, the money. Sue your way into yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyways. I mean, I mean, I, I I agree with the fact that I don't think her the way she went about it was the right way. Yeah. Like, if you know no, someone's not trying to pay you, right? If you know Netflix, hey, this is what we offered you. Like, instead of trying to fight them and sue them for more money, just do it yourself. Demonstrate to them that 
you guys fucked up. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate way you can do it because then you don't need the courts. You don't need anybody to, to just yeah. happen to side with you. No, you prove to them, you put asses in the seats and be like, this is yeah. what the fuck I'm worth. And then and now you have to watch your come- stupid look on their face yeah. as they have to come back to the table. Well, we're, we're sorry. Uh, we want to give you <laughs> 20 times more than we offered you before. Hey, goddamn right. Sorry, price has gone up. Yeah, and then maybe even that you still tell them like, no, you know Fuck what? Off. HBO's got exactly. it. Showtime's got yeah. it. Like, we're good. You know, I'm gonna put this on Hulu, right? I just bought a whole bunch of alcohol myself. Yeah, e- I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. <laughs> you were feeling yourself there for a moment, but um, so she's got the, the Showtime special coming out. Uh, yeah. So so either way, congrats to her. But the thing I would like to point out is she didn't actually say how much she actually got for the special. I just like would like to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, we don't know actually how much we don't know. Uh, so they could have I'll, offered a 600,000. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a extra hundred K at this point, she's gone on so long in these lawsuits, right? You got to pay yeah, your you lawyers, do right? Do. So it's like, damn, I need this, I need this lawyer money. What did next, what did Showtime offer? Fuck it. Fuck. Take right. it. Are they going to cover my lawyer fees? <laughs> All right, I'll take and, it. And to be, to be fair, this isn't her actual she's hosting she's hosting this yeah. so uh, so it's not a true win it's like a surface win if you don't look too close and, and, at I, it. and in the uh in the tri- or the promo for the uh for the special she says oh they try to keep a good bitch down and then you know they but what they learn is you can't keep a good bitch down it's like but also this isn't yours but yeah you host me uh. they, just, they, didn't, they just got Eddie Murphy so it's like uh. but so so not to shit yeah. on her but, but I, and again that whole thing was me trying to meet her in the middle like I understand what you're saying I understand what you're doing but also I think you just went about it in the completely wrong way so uh, we've got a few other things here on the docket, right? Yeah. Um, we've got uh, some Fox stuff on here, I, I, dude. I think we can pour through it relatively quickly. Okay, if I can, so, if I can interject uh, uh, through some of the other stuff yeah, that yeah. we have here on the card. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Let's do All it. Right. I think we can do it. All right. So uh, the first thing is, uh, so Disney drops the uh, Fox from twenty one twenty uh, first century. Uh, this is per a variety report. Uh, the Walt Disney Company is dropping the Fox brand from the 21st century Fox assets in, uh, it acquired last March. Variety has learned the 20th century Fox uh, film studio will become 21st century studios and Fox Searchlight Pictures will become simply search- Searchlight Pictures. Uh, Disney's $71.3 billion acquisition of 21st Century Fox last March included the 21st Century Fox uh, film and TV studios, but not the Fox Broadcast Network or, or Fox News, which remain part of the Fox Corporation under CEO uh, Lachin. I don't know what the fuck his name is. Uh, Murdoch. Who, the Murdoch child. Um, or Offspring. It felt like child was like he's probably, yeah. eight, he's probably like eighty years old. <laughs> Disrespectful. <laughs> uh, that automatically injected a level of brand confusion at odds with the highly differentiated divisions within Disney's ranks and Fox. Uh, Fox Corporation uh, has no reason to change its name. Um, so, if we could talk real quickly about that, um, it, I th- I see this as uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean you. You're going through an acquisition, right? So Disney acquired Fox, um, uh, 21st Century Fox, and uh, their entire catalog, right? And again, as you said, Fox Broadcast Company, Fox News, is still its own entity, right? So 
you have to differentiate yourself. You can't continue to carry that Fox name. Is it's it's too much, uh, too much of the same. And Fox News, right, is a very um, polarizing, very you know what a lot of people view as very Republican uh, <laughs> based platform, to right? Say the very least. So sure. if you're a movie production studio, you don't want anybody coming to your movies with like political affiliation right you just want viewers to come oh yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah so especially if you're disney you're just like Look, yeah you're we, just, uh, you want to appeal to everybody yeah, you <laughs> want everybody to go see this new disney shit right um so you what a perfect time to rebrand mm-hmm. right which is just a great another great marketing opportunity right you go through a rebrand you change the name you maybe adjust some logos adjust some fonts yeah that's exactly um, what they're gonna do you clean house a little bit you bring in some new talent um you start with a fresh with, with a product that already has a strong catalog and mm-hmm. and uh, 21st century already has name recognition so you get to take something that's already well known and great rebrand a little bit add some new put some new paint on it some new finishing touches and mm-hmm. and uh keep things moving versus trying to fight the battle of uh getting people to see your name is different than that other thing if they kept fox and it they would always have to be like oh no no, no we're not fox news you know we're, we're, we yeah. make movies we, we actually talked about this uh last week and i don't know i think it was off air that we talked about it uh but we were actually questioning ourselves like wait does that include fox news yeah like and we we couldn't figure it out yeah and, i don't think we from, knew at that yeah. time um but, you know, again, it's just a great rebranding opportunity and every company looks for um, the right moment to rebrand, even if you're Apple, right? It's yeah. like, okay, when can we do this? How can we do this? How can we make it successful? Because it's, yeah. it's just a marketing revenue generating opportunity. Yeah, uh, quick question. Um, so do you think the, and I think this leads to a bigger question of, do you, do you approve or disapprove of Disney sort of just gobbling everything up? I don't love it because you know what comes from it. Then you know, like they're just gonna have a monopoly on entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna dictate what you see in film, what you see on TV. It's never great for one company to have so much control. Hey, uh, uh, as a great, uh, and this was a line I came up with last week for a different thing that I'm working on. But uh, as a great poet, uh, uh, who uh, his intelligence is is always going to be in question. But uh, as he said. Uh, no one man should have all that power. <laughs> Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's true. Like, Disney is is powerful right now, yeah. right? And you have to play by Disney's rules at that point. So if you're a filmmaker, if you're a writer, director, actor, producer, like, you've got to, you know, you've got to get, you got to bend the knee, right, to yeah. Disney. <laughs> at this point, even HBO has to bend, bend the, the knee. knee. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, um I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of this, yeah. but we all history tells us that whenever one organization, whenever one empire, whenever one company doesn't lead to good results, ha- yeah. has supreme power, nothing good comes of it. Yeah, um, that I can agree with uh, here. Here, um, okay, let's uh, let's move forward here. Well, let's talk about Stephen Emile. Uh, Stephen Emile is the actor who portrays Oliver Queen slash Green Arrow on the DC. Uh, slash CW universes uh, Arrowverse, um, and he recently was on a podcast with uh, a, uh, the aforementioned uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who portrayed Lex Luthor on uh, Smallville, and 
uh, and his podcast is called um, uh, Inside of You, and it's basically just like a podcast that talks to like I guess uh, I don't know who else he has on there, but uh, I'm imagining different actors, actresses, slash production people who uh, who are involved in the Hollywood system. But it talks more about like sort of like their mental health, and and I think because. Uh, 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 Michael Rosebaum himself has sort of either struggled or dealt with uh, some sort of mental health issues. Um, but what was interesting about this particular podcast is, is that he uh, he had a bit of a panic attack on this particular episode. And so uh, rather than talk about it, I'll, I'll just go ahead and play uh, that exact uh, episode. Think that you're, you're, uh, you have yet to mourn the show like being done with it do you think that's going to hit you when you least expect it or do you think you're like you're just it's been so that you're pretty much done this is you're you're good you've been wanting this to end even though you love it you love the fans i do, i do love i do love the fans um i just don't want any responsibility right now other than a husband and father i really don't are you gonna go see someone or no, you're not gonna do that i might i think i might I wish you can go see this guy, Dr. Tesla, around in Connecticut. This old Jewish guy. Is it just hot here, or am I just sweating? Hang on a second. You are sweating. I am. I don't know why. A lot of lights. Hey, hey, look, if you're cool with me sweating, I'll just sit here and sweat. No. Don't worry about it, man. No, no, I'm hot, too. I am hot. Yeah. Is it? It is hot. I noticed it, but I'm not sweating. Honestly, man, I think I might be sick. You want to throw up? Yeah. Well, come on. Use my bathroom. I, uh, I might have to cut this short, man. I'm not feeling well at all. Really? Yeah. Well, why don't you... Uh, you leave if you want, but why don't first you drink some water and I'm going to get you some uh, Tylenol? No, I, I think I just got to go. Do you want me to bring you home? Let me drive you home. I just, just kind of want to walk. Do you mind? Sure. Yeah, I, I, just need, I just need fresh air. Dude, come on. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, um... So, uh, that was sort of the exchange that they had on the podcast, um, for inside of you. Um, and then, uh, Emil eventually like a couple of weeks later comes back on the podcast to explain what the fuck happened and that he had a full blown panic attack and yeah. he went home and he was like sweating, but cold as ice, you know, uh, and all that stuff that's associated with, uh, panic attacks. Uh, so I just want to get your thoughts on, I mean, how you saw that whole exchange slash dynamic. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when listening to this and, and like hearing about this, like Kit Harrington came to mind, right? Mm. When um, imagine playing a character, right? And and we talked about this before we started recording. Like as an actor, to it, it's kind of crazy in that like you're you're being somebody else, right? Like you yeah. you're you're taking on the role of playing somebody else entirely, right? So imagine having to go to work every day and not be yourself but for be like somebody else six or seven like for years, years yeah. right yeah. and having to see this person that you've become uh, knowing that it's coming to an end yeah. but there's still just this mounting pressure of like what to do next both yeah do you continue to be this character do you you know are you still doing like interviews and podcasts and all the things that happen after even the show ends as that character do you try and do a how do you continue to make this character live on for the fans mm. despite the fact that uh, as he alluded to in the in the in the podcast is that like yeah i'm 
I'm a father and I'm a husband. Like the, these are the most important things to me. This other character that I play is Green Arrow guys coming to an end. But like there's people who still want me to be that character. My wife and my children want me to just be a dad and a husband now. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It um, really and is. in this moment, yeah. I think for him, it just kind of all. No, it all coalesced. So like it all, every his worlds collided, right? And before this, he talked about like that. Uh, he was feeling a type of way after air because he filmed obviously like the end of Arrow, and uh, you know obviously we're not going to see that for, for like a few weeks, and maybe this week I think is the final episode of uh, Green Arrow. Um, but um, but this was after he filmed it, but before it actually showed. So. Uh, he was saying beforehand that like after it was over, like he just was like feeling a little lost, like a little like what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, in that, uh, you know, he he uh, physically was fine. Like his doctor told him physically he was fine, um, but he just still felt a little off. And so he went into this podcast knowing that he still felt off, but he's like, fuck it. Like he just kind of shrugged it off. Yeah. And so w- what I think overall, the, the reason why I found this a really interesting story is just because we talk about mental health in the, in the realm of, uh, you know, I think we tend to look at it as in like, it's like a normal people problem. Like, right. Like, so for instance, like, you know, Hey, you're feeling stressed out because your family's dealing with some sort of issue or whatever. Like, Hey, you might need to talk to somebody, but really like, I don't think we have enough sympathy for the actors and actresses, people who step into these other roles. Like I think we, we it might've been before we started <laughs> this particular podcast, but I was saying like, I think, actors and actresses I think they're fucking crazy right because yeah. like it, they have to portray somebody else like consistently mm-hmm. and o- almost like almost like that person is them and so imagine doing that but then having to be like oh well that show's over so now I have to say completely goodbye to that character that person who I felt like I've been I trained last, myself to become I've right? trained myself to become this I person talk. and now I have to become now I gotta me go back again. to me. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like, you know, you change the way you talk, you change the way you walk, you change your body language, your facial expressions, change the way you eat, the change yeah. the way you're dressed, especially if you're like a really serious method actor, right? Yeah. Um, you change everything, right? Well, well, especially for a show, different for a movie. Like a movie, it's like, okay, that's yeah, a, movie, a year you do of it your for life, a period of time, two years of your life, maybe. A show, you're doing this for years, right? Yeah. To where maybe even a lot of the character that you're playing kind of is a lot of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or you either put yourself into the character or you may find things in this character that you take and apply to your real life. Yeah. And then to suddenly have that kind of or to realize that there's an end coming to that it can be stressful so it really kept um you know, uh, you know I, I think anxiety is a very real thing and yep. and uh you know in this particular moment it was captured on on this podcast but i i applaud um Stephen uh, St- um no, michael, the, rosenbaum. michael rosenbaum for the way he handled that and like because a lot of times like i don't know from from the audio from the audio it sounded like he was just like hey bro you really gonna cut out like this yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I think a lot of other I, people would, would yeah, have said sure, like sure. would have tried to like question him. Like, yeah, yeah. What's like, going no, on? No, 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 no. Like, you're okay. Where's your you're head okay, at? Like, right. Tell me how yeah, you yeah. feel. Like where's this coming from? Would have, tr- but instead he he like stepped away. You can tell he stepped away from his mic. He tried to yeah. give him some water. He tried to open up a window in a room or whatever, let some air, and he tried to like make him feel more comfortable. Yeah. And then he offered to take him home because he clearly didn't want him to drive. Right. Yeah. Um, I think he tried to do what a person in that situation. Sure. He doesn't like know what's going on. Yeah would do like uh what do you need me to do to make you feel comfortable because i'm yeah. i don't know what I, i'm doing either so yeah. uh, i applaud him for that and for not, instead of trying to dig for the story and like sure. 
better content. Yeah, it was just a real person. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, let's uh, jump into the next story. Um, so one of my favorite stories from today. Uh, so we have uh, Lawrence Fox, who is an actor, acting in things. I would give you his biography, but I, I don't care to. Um, so he was speaking on the James uh, Dillingpole uh, podcast, uh, and, and he essentially said, um, and he was talking about the movie 1917, which is a World War, uh, World War One film um, uh, about a particular, uh, it's about a journey for uh, two soldiers and, uh, uh, and, their, and their particular mission that they had. Um, but, uh, and I don't, I don't you, you haven't seen the film yet, right? I've not. Right. Um, so I, I just watched it yesterday. Uh, and anyways, let me give you his comments and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so he says, it's very heightened awareness of the color of someone's skin because of the oddness in the casting. Now, what he's talking about is there is a Sikh character uh, who's portrayed in the film. And it's the only Sikh character that, that's portrayed in the film. Uh, and... Uh, and, and for those who, who don't know, um, it, it, Sikh is, uh, is essentially uh, a person who, and it, let me, let me find out the, de- the actual definition before I, cause I, I felt myself wanting to freestyle yeah. and I was like, nah, you know what? This isn't the type of shit that you want to freestyle with. Uh, so let me accuracy here is, uh, is, is we value it on the fade podcast. Yeah. Not me, but you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so Sikhism um, is uh, a monotheistic religion that oriented in the 15th century in the Punjab uh, region in the northern part of the Indian subcontinent uh, based on the uh, uh, revelation of Guru Nanak. Um and the term Sikh it has its origins in the words, uh, word that I cannot pronounce, uh, meaning a disciple uh, or a student. Uh, anyways, so so basically it's just like an Indian person who has their particular religion, right? Um, uh, so he he says this phrase uh, or not this phrase uh, this uh, uh, this quote uh, it's a very heightened awareness of the color uh, of someone's skin because of the oddness in the casting now a, a Sikh person shows up in the film and uh, you know they, they've got the the, the head wrap uh, and turban turban um, I don't know why I said head wrap um, <laughs> you about to get fucked up I know right talking like that <laughs> Uh, even in the nineteen seven, uh, even in nineteen seventeen, they've done uh, they've done it with a Sikh soldier, uh, which is great. It's brilliant. But you suddenly, uh, but but you're suddenly aware there were Sikhs fighting in this war, and you're like, okay, uh, you're now diverting me away from what is the story, uh, what the story is. Now, what he's basically saying is, is like, hey, this Sikh person shows up, and I'm immediately distracted because it's a Sikh person in this. World War One film, except it turns out that Sikhs were actually an instrumental part of yeah. uh, World War One, um, and this was uh, uh, th- uh, he was then rebutted by uh, a lot of historians uh, who actually noted uh, the Sikhs' uh, instrumental part in World War One to the effect of there were about se- almost seventy five thousand Sikhs that were that died as a result of World War One because of their participation mm-hmm. in it. Um and 
And one of the reasons why I found this story so interesting was because this guy, Lawrence, um, Lawrence Fox, he had an exchange with somebody and it was on some sort of British show. I don't know. I I forget what the fuck it was on, but it was was on some sort of British show where he had an exchange with a woman who she was, I'm assuming she was black. I don't know. I couldn't tell from, from looking at the, uh, the exchange. I, I didn't know exactly what she was from, but she was essentially calling him racist, right? For the shit that he was saying. Um, not to be confused with, the quotes that I just mentioned, but yeah. something else that he was saying, something completely uh, different. Yeah, she was saying he was racist, right? And he was like, "No, like you're racist for calling me racist because you're just saying that because I'm a white male, right? Uh, not because of any specific issue." So the the reason why I find this all fascinating is because I think she was, and this this points back to our original conversation in the podcast where we were talking about not understanding the context of what you're talking about but just speaking about it as if you do, right? So yeah. for instance, he was saying in, in that exchange with this woman that, oh, I'm not, you can't call me racist just because I'm a white male, but this exact situation points to the fact that, or, and she was talking about um, uh, uh, white privilege, right? Yeah. She was talking about white privilege and he was like, what is white privilege like he's basically like, eh, yeah what the fuck's white and privilege? then he goes on to say uh, talking about this thing. film 1917 exactly. that like oh the Sikhs being involved in the movie distracted me from that's movie what white the, yeah. privilege is yeah. is the assumption that even the appearance of one Sikh uh, soldier mm-hmm. is oh what? it's distracting it took that's, away from the movie distracting yeah. because this is just so, uh, a point to diversity and shit you yeah know? and here's what happens when like American history is retold right it's the the glorification of you know the great things that mostly white men you know some white women have done throughout hist- throughout american history to build this great nation right um is to completely overlook the contribution that like people of color have made right I mean, look at world war ii hundreds of thousands of african americans fought even in world war one world war two hundreds of thousands of african americans fought in both wars right and a lot of those african americans fought in world world war one were um you know people who were still battling uh, uh fucking slavery and and um the ramifications and and uh segregation and jim crow right and even in the army like even when even the soldiers who were uh overseas fighting right the african-american soldiers lived in different camps lived under different conditions they were not fed as well they were not paid as well um they were not treated as well as like the white soldiers but they were there fighting in these wars right they're very much a part of the story of what built this country but when these stories are told when these movies are made now it's, it's all it's always the story no, of like uh, all white people oh yeah these like <laughs> these, these brave white men fought for this country let's yeah. ignore the four hundred thousand african-american <laughs> soldiers who who were there as well or the indian they were, Sikhs that they were, were just in a different camp or in this particular role let's ignore the 75,000 Indian Sikhs who are very much an integral part of this story um, let's focus on these like brave white men right um, this is just a uh, and I'm not necessarily going to call this guy like racist right but you know because I don't need to you know you show yourself in time um, but his his logic his way of thinking is that uh, oh no the story was good as is we don't yeah. need to diversify it um and, not, and, and that diversification but it's, 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 distracts it, me from the movie it's again that presumption that's what white privilege is yeah. it's, it's, it, I, I try to get people to, to, to see this all the time it's just like it's not it's not like you have white privilege in the sense that oh like um, 
like even no matter what situation you're built into right like that you automatically just uh like so for instance if you're the poorest of white people like mm-hmm. you you're like oh you have a great in life like you don't need to worry about anything you you have great like no you still need to work you still need to but it that's not what white privilege is white privilege is the assumption so for instance if i'm a black dude like if i so for instance me you know and and you know uh uh uh, cat out of the bag my my girlfriend's white so like if me and my girlfriend walk into a store she's just walking around like whatever like so for instance, the, the, the other day you're we just, a suspect we, we we walked into 7-eleven <laughs> and she's just walking around and she's just like it she's not watching her hand mannerisms she's not i'm so fucking conscious of i'm making sure that i'm not looking like i'm putting this in my pocket i'm making sure that like i'm like i'm out in the open that i'm not yeah. trying to hide in the back of the store that i'm just like up front like hey i'm no i'm not trying to steal anything i'm just where she just walking around like whatever the fuck Without like she's, care she's the walking world. there with a big coat she doesn't give a fuck she's not like, at whatever. all thinking about Oh, someone's like watching exactly. me. I could be being profiled right now. So that's what yeah. white privilege is. It's, it's not this. It's not this thing where it's just like, oh, you're just, um, you don't have a working life. It's it's the fact that it's the assumption. So just like, as yeah, Lawrence assumption Fox, of innocence and- exactly. It's just like Lawrence Fox assuming what when he's watching this movie, in 1917. Oh, there were no Sikhs. Uh, yeah. in, in war look at these what brave the white men about? fighting like, yeah, for yeah, country. yeah what are you what are you, what are you ruining this with with the, with throwing this diversity yeah. thing instead of actually doing and actually knowing mm-hmm. he just made that assumption now he did make uh, a comment afterwards he said uh fellow humans uh, who are sikhs i am moved i'm as moved by the sacrifices your relatives made as i am the loss of all those who died in war whatever creed or color please accept my apology for being clumsy in the way that i express myself now he he did do that apology but and i do think that that it's it's, it's okay that he that he made the apology and it's, it's fine um but but again like he, he's been on a number and maybe all of these things sort of happen congruently like they just happen back to back um but i do feel like it's just like this thing where it's just like everybody's like as soon as they hear white privilege and this is why i encourage people don't don't just go for calling people racist yeah uh call I, out I the hate, logic lead of, yes. with that labeling in the beginning yes you gotta lead with this shit lead with the well bt dubs uh it turns out that sneaks were an instrumental part of world war one and so label i think the labeling uh comes at the end if it's necessary at all right it's it's um what before you label somebody racist or sexist uh homophobic islamophobic whatever the new um labels are in 2020 i'm sure there'll be a couple more that pop up right before you label you know, allow the person, and we talked about this at the top of the show, allow the person to give you all the ammunition that you need, right? Show me that you are this thing and show me consistently. And then when I attach that label to you, when I call you this thing, there's no debate about it. There's no conversation. You've already shown me this. I'm just, you know, I'm, putting the label on it that I, I don't, I'm putting the label on the jar but you filled the jar up for me with the things that I'm my thing is, is is that I don't even want you I don't even want to call you the thing and it's not because I don't think that people aren't racist clearly people are right like there, there's such a thing as racism and there's such a thing as institutional racism right which I think this same gentleman uh, refuted uh, but I feel like that's the least that's the least um, how should I put it? Like that's the least 
uh, effective way of mm-hmm. showing them that they're racist, right? Mm-hmm. The, the most effective way you could show somebody that they're racist is by using their own logic against them, right? Showing yeah. them. So, for instance, this whole situation, I'm, I hope, uh, would have him question. Oh, what are the assumptions that I'm making? Maybe the assumption that I'm making that Sikhs were just like they're just throwing that in there because of diversity. No, it, it you're you're whitewashing history yeah. without really understanding history, right? Like so, you what he demonstrated is he had no concept of history, but he yet assigned a label to it. That's what white privilege is. That's what racism is, right? Yeah. It's just assuming that no, I'm white. The people in the film, a majority of them are white. So I'm just assuming that nobody else was there, that it was just us, right? Yeah. Not knowing that, of course, the the, the Sikhs had an instrumental role. Like, look, I didn't even fucking know that, right? But I'm not... I watched the film yesterday, right? And I actually read this article before I watched the film. So you would think I would go into there thinking like, oh, I'm looking out for the Sikh character. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be highly aware of it. I actually forgot completely about the article until I actually saw the C character. And then immediately upon seeing them, I just immediately was like, oh yeah, there's the C character. And then I immediately just got back into the story yeah. because I was just, it, the for one, the actor was so good and, yeah. and the situation didn't really, it didn't disturb from the story itself. So you have to, you have to talk to yourself about why that disturbed you so much that it took yeah. you out of the story and because you were you were looking at it with like an open mind and like you accepted the fact that like you know these are true events and this character was a part of the story that's being told why do you not accept that yeah. <laughs> not accepting yeah. the fact that like this true story and this real character and these real events are a part of what actually happened and and stepping back from the story and being able to say mm, this thing is is weird to me. This thing doesn't make sense to me. Like this, yeah. this thing that's very much a part of the story. I'm uncomfortable with. That's when you know there's something wrong with you, not yeah. like the film itself. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's move forward here. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, a a Ron. Um, let's. Oh, I'm sorry. And this was the uh, the quote that the uh, uh, Lawrence Fox had uh, about the seeks the the apology essentially. Uh, okay, let's talk, let's talk about uh, a-, a Ron um, and Rogers on God. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers made headlines this past week because he was on Danica Patrick, which is his uh, girlfriend, of course. Uh, he was on her podcast, which uh, I think it's called Pretty Intense. Um, and he made some distinct con- uh, comments about God. Uh, let me read for you a couple of those content, uh, comments. He says, um, I don't know how you can believe in God who wants to condemn uh, most people uh, of the planet to a fiery hell. He said, uh, what type of loving, sensitive, uh, uh, omnipresent, uh, uh, omnipotent uh, being wants to condemn his beautiful creation to a fiery hell at the end of all of this? Uh, I had some good friendships along the way that helped me to figure out uh, exactly what I wanted to believe in. He added, uh, ultimately, it was uh, rules and regulations and a binary system that uh, don't really resonate with me. Um, I'm seeing facts. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else everybody else is seeing, but I'm seeing facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to fucking Aaron Rodgers <laughs> for for throwing the deep ball, right? And we yeah. know he's good for it. Yeah. We know he can throw the bomb back corner of the yeah. end zone. Listen, religion, if you don't agree with it, right? Uh, yeah. if, if you're not Christian, if you're not Catholic, it's 
like being a quarterback and you're throwing to receiver <laughs> in the back corner of the end zone in triple coverage, right? There are a lot of people who are against you, yeah. and hopefully you had that one receiver who's going to get the job done. Aaron yeah. is used to that. This is pretty much what happened here, right? Yeah. Because he is expressing his uh, religious beliefs and views, right, which are not in uh, in alignment with uh, the, the, the norm, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now, He's turning his back on his family. He's turned his back on religion. No, he's asking the questions that should be asked, right? And, you know, I share this sentiment with with Aaron. Like, uh, one of the things I've always thought was fucking weird or crazy was um, you're supposed to be a God-fearing American. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why do I have to fear God in, in yeah. order to be like an American well, I guess or to, to, to be a to, patriot? To, to make you do right? good things, right? Uh, is you have to have something that forces you to, to do yeah. good things. Or love, right? Maybe. Why, why yeah. not love? Why do I have to fear? So, so, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about with this is uh, the headlines versus the actual words. Right? Headlines so the, are the bullshit. Headlines, the headlines read, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't understand why people believe in God. That was yeah. the thing he said, right? Aaron well, Rodgers that that just made, or no, Aaron Rodgers' family just made by quarterbacks' comments on religion as their feud continues. Exactly. These like just you know fuel oh, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. fire headlines. They just, they just, they're just looking for clickbait, right? But if you actually listen to what he's saying, it's not that it's two distinct things. There's a thing called um, uh, atheist, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a thing called agnostic, right? Um, so you can be. So what the headlines would have you believe is that he's atheist and that he doesn't believe in God. But if you actually listen to the words of what he's saying, so for instance, he says, I don't know how you can believe in a God who wants you to condemn most of the uh, planets of fiery hell. So what he's saying there isn't necessarily, I don't believe in God so much as I don't, I don't believe, believe in, in the institution God. of religion, yeah. right? Or I, I think what I took from it is what he's saying, I, I don't believe in like that God. So the that, God that that's what I'm saying. The, people the, instant, uh, the institution of religion. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about Christianity because I think he was brought up Christian, right? Yeah. Um, or uh, Catholicism, or whatever other religion out there that you 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 might be living, he's uh, believing that would have those sort of uh, temples to it. That oh, like hey, yeah, if you don't adhere to these certain rules, then I'm you're immediately cast to hell, right? I think there are a lot of fucking people out there who are thinking the same exact fucking thing. Even people within those religions are thinking, bro, like. I don't know. Like, yeah, you're talking about these people who like, what if you're just born in the middle of the fucking Amazonian jungle and you never had a chance to, you know, believe in God. Are you just immediately damned to hell? Yeah. Because it's like, Oh, you didn't get, Oh, you didn't hear to Christian Is God, God? going to be like, Oh, you didn't hear about me. <laughs> you didn't, you hey. didn't listen to my last album. Hey, get down there. Like, fire. You didn't read my out, book. You didn't check the Bible tape out. Yeah. You didn't check the you, Carter Four. You didn't doubt. You haven't listened to my podcast. Like, no, God, we don't have uh, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts here in the Amazon. Like, no, you know what? Fire. Uh, it is what it is. Like, uh, whoops. Sorry. It's 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 it is no, absurd. It, it's uh, it, it, and, and so that's that's the first thing that I want to address is the headlines versus his actual words. So yeah. what he's what he's actually making the case for is essentially what I am, which is agnostic, which is I believe in a God, but I don't believe in a particular like religion right which i think to me just makes sense like i believe only Damn, because I, it's, I, I literally just learned that that's probably like how, what i am this th- I, I think that's what is it, what's what, it called agnostic agnostic um Damn, so i, I think that's what a, a lot of people are am i right is, wing or left wing we talked about that, <laughs> that which I, is, I don't think it's a particular wing that's more of just <laughs> although i would probably say that if i had to guess a lot of more people are on the left wing 
being agnostic than they are the right wing. The right wing is pretty heavily filled with the Christian zealots, the Catholic cool, zealots. Cool, yeah, left wing yeah. agnostic. <laughs> I, I, I guess if you're going to label me, that, I, those if, are the if things I, that If I'm I had on. to take I, a guess. <laughs> and I just learned about these things today, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I still don't care. But... The, the 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 way that I see it, man, is it's like there's nothing wrong with what he said because he's saying, look, in a way, I kind of believe that there's something out there, but I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, so for instance, if if you talk to hardcore atheists, right, some of them are fucking annoying too. You're like, there's no such thing as God. Is like, well, how do you fucking know that? Like, you, yeah. there's nothing about science right now that says definitively there's no such thing yeah, as there's God. There's nothing that proves God exists. There's also nothing that proves this proves God, that God exists. Exactly. Exist. Yeah. Um, so, so just chill. So I find them just as uh, <laughs> uh, as annoying. Where it's just like they try to say, "Oh, there's no such thing as God." It's like, no, you you don't know that either, right? So the what gives me comfort is believing that there's something out there, right? But I believe that's what Rogers is saying here. Is is like, look. I don't know exactly what's going on out there. Maybe I believe in something a little bit, but I know that this thing, this thing that tells me, oh, people are going to go to hell because they don't believe in X, Y, or Z, or because they don't adhere to X, Y, or Z. I know that's wrong. That feels wrong to me. Like that doesn't make sense to me because I know some fucking dope ass people <laughs> who don't believe in this thing at all. And it's hard for me to reckon that they're going to go to hell simply because they don't believe in this thing. And I don't hear anything but facts there. Like, yeah. <laughs> nothing he said is untrue, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, everything that he said was what he believes. Exactly. And here's the thing about religion, right? Religion, whether you're Catholic, mm, uh, whether you're Christian, uh, don't tell Muslim. Don't tell them, Moran. Regardless don't of tell what your religion it don't is tell them. just a system Ooh, of beliefs. They want to hear. Yeah. They don't want to hear that shit. They, they want to believe that it is, it's a real thing and you have to choose. Mm. No, it is Some a system of beliefs. with a frown face right now. Yeah. Looking Fuck at you. you. <laughs> son of a bitch. And they're, they're, they're still going to listen, right? <laughs> Fuck your mother. They're going to turn it up, actually. It is a system of beliefs that you ascribe to. Yeah, exactly. It is not like... I loosely want to say it's not like a real thing that everybody has to pick pick and choose. Like it is a system of beliefs. You either believe it or you don't. If you don't believe it, it doesn't mean you're wrong. If you do believe it, it doesn't mean you're right. Right. Yeah. So what Aaron is doing is he's sharing his beliefs. Now, the problem with a lot of these religions like, you know, Catholicism, Christianity, Muslim or whatever it to them, it's right or wrong. Like we're right. You're wrong. Right. And because it's it's. And this is my firm belief, and this is what I'm 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 currently trying to formulate something around. But like, it's this firm belief that uh, it's inclusionary versus exclusionary, meaning that uh, either you're with me mm -hmm. or you're against me. Yeah. Right. So it's either you believe in the thing I believe in, or you don't, and, and that is you're a my enemy. Direct conflict with the principles of the religion in itself. Right. Yeah. Is Christianity and both Christianity and Catholicism right? Aren't the principles of of those religions, like understanding and acceptance, and, yeah, but but right, but, but the, the problem is, is even within the words of those. So, for instance, if you look at the Bible, there are numerous instances of that exact sentiment. It's like be understanding, but if you don't believe in God, you're gonna burn in hell. Like, exactly. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it's like that's I, what's so con fucking right? confusing with so, the whole thing, yeah. and that's what uh, Verizon is, right? AT and T. It's like if you want the internet, you also have to get cable. <laughs> And a home phone service, right? I don't ever use my house phone, and I don't really watch TV. I well, just, I I just want internet access to be able to watch Netflix. Oh, and well. Verizon is like, if I you're, mean, I don't know if what you're, you're a do. true believer, 
you will believe in all things. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, so, so that was uh, that that was the main thing with that, and and I think. That, uh, but uh, shout out to Aaron Rodgers. Hey, shout out when, to Once you Ron. get that hundred milli contract, you say what the fuck you want to say. Hey, hey, you believe what you hey, want to believe. Hey, family's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Rodgers, he's not, he's not being playing nice. He's not. Uh, oh, yeah. And his, his family, uh, so like members inside of yeah, his family, like Jordan uh, Jordan Rodgers. Hey, hey, I, I like to send a special fuck you to Jordan Rodgers for 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 one going on the Bachelor and then making your name for your yourself by saying you have a beef with your very more famous brother Aaron yeah. Rodgers I fuck you all right? I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> Piece you know, of I shit. thought that was a guy but fuck her it is a guy, it is no, a guy? No, no, it's a guy. Yeah, I, thought was a, I thought it was a sister he's on the bachelor he's on the bachelor oh that's what the bachelor is what like what do you think the bachelor is I thought it was like <laughs> that's the bachelorette you're I thought bachelor. I thought Jordan Rogers was like his sister named Jordan, and she was like a contestant on the bachelor <laughs> no, I don't no, know. no 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 um who he her or him, is or is it the different Maybe he was on the Bachelorette. You might be right. You might be right. Yeah, because I, I thought it was a, it was a, it was his like sister. I think, I think you might be right yeah. that it's the Bachelor versus the Bachelorette. He was on the Bachelorette. Either way, fuck you, Jordan Rogers, yeah. you piece of shit. Fuck you, you him, her, <laughs> whatever you are. Um, you're not as good as your brother. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, he, he actually played college ball too, and he definitely isn't as good as his brother. Definitely not as good. <laughs> All right, let, let's, let's move on here to uh, Amazon Prime. All right, let's let's ride through this quickly. This is a uh, uh, in. Um, an article by uh, Recode, uh, which is a kind of, a, I think, a subsidiary of uh, Vox. Uh, so this speaks to, um, they, they basically were talking about Amazon Prime and how they have a shit ton of uh, uh, movies on there that aren't regulated or aren't, uh, th- they're essentially user generated. So meaning that there's not really like a... Um, a threshold for like what's acceptable and what's not. Yeah. It's basically it's like just Wikipedia. whatever fuck Wikipedia or YouTube where whatever users you want to fucking upload. put whatever you want. Exactly. Um, so here they say some two thirds. Let's make a movie. Put it on Amazon Prime. Uh, hey, yeah, you're spe- uh, preaching to the choir. Start today. Um, <laughs> some two thirds of the titles on Amazon Prime video are uploaded by users. And although you might expect Amazon to be selective in what ends up in the subscription based service, that uh, that is not the case. According to the uh, Ampere uh, analytics, Amazon Prime video boasts 65,504 distinct titles, almost 10 times uh, that of uh, Netflix, which is about uh, 7,177 videos. Uh, Users who upload videos, a Wall Street Journal uh, reports, also get a small cut of revenue based on how many people watch their videos. Uh, So there's an uh, incentive to upload even more videos. so here are my objections to this entire article. One, they're one of the things that they kind of bring up casually is, oh, like kids can like watch like any of these crazy videos that get uploaded to Amazon video. False. Uh, if you're a parent and you have kids, yeah. you have it's called parental, parental control. control. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stay on top uh, of your fucking kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so they try to make it seem like, oh, like they could just, and then on top of that, my next thought was, it's the fucking internet. Like, what do you, like, what? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's how the internet fucking works. Like, yeah, you, you kids have an abundant uh, access to an a, a absurd amount of content out there. 
it's called the internet. Like, yeah. And so you have to regulate everything on the internet. I don't give a fuck if it's... So you're telling me that you would allow your kid to just watch any fucking thing on Netflix if they wanted to. And you expect Netflix or these streaming services to filter the content for you? No. Bitch. Be, yeah. <laughs> be a parent. Watch your fucking kids, okay? While, instead of you going upstairs and watching Pornhub and letting your kids watch whatever they want on Amazon or YouTube, why don't you go downstairs with your kid and, yeah. and you know filter what they're watching? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like from that stance, I was just like, that's bullshit. And then their next thing was like, okay, like people can upload obviously like conspiracy videos. And that's one thing that they harp, uh, harp on is, is like they can just upload anything and people watch anything for one, my thought pattern. And this is, a, again, I've been thinking a lot about this lately is, is that, well, that's the people's fault. If you're it. So for instance, if Alex Jones, uh, Alex Jones can upload a video and you can be like, <gasps> yeah, that's, that sounds like it's likely then you're just stupid. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I, I, I apologize. Like, <laughs> then you're just dumb. Like, if also, if you, yeah, stupid and fuck are, um, two, you know, I, I'm going to build a list here. <laughs> two of the best words in the English language. They're so descriptive, right? Yeah. Um, you could use them in the right way, the wrong way, but a lot of times, you know, you ascribe stupid to things that are stupid. Yeah. Um, just like this thing here. Right. <laughs> um, and you can combine them, which is the best part. <laughs> so if you're someone who's, um, upset at the fact that like Amazon prime may have videos that are offensive and uh, you know, or you know, for someone, for the person who may find like an, uh, a conspiracy theory video and they'll like willingly watch it and then they'll choose to believe or not believe in the things that they see and they hear without like thinking these things through or doing or research or doing learning research on their own themselves, yeah. or understanding that the, what they're watching is something that was made from someone's perspective. It's not always true, right? Yeah. If you're watching a documentary, even if it's on a true story, that documentary was made by someone from their perspective, right? You could believe it. You cannot believe it. It's your choice. Um, if you choose to believe nonsense, that's just you being combining my two favorite words. You're stupid as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, so like that, that speaks to what we were talking about with, uh, to open the podcast, which is, I think people tr- like, uh, outside people try to absolve other people of that exact sentiment meaning that like oh something's out there and i i get the idea of misinformation campaigns right mm-hmm. like I'm, we're seeing it right now with bernie sanders right with people trying to just oh bernie's a sexist uh he's you know he he he's not an ally to the lgbtq uh, community because he takes uh joe rogan's um or the muslim community because he accept joe rogan's uh, uh endorsement right all these misinformation campaigns you could easily look into yourself if you wanted to, but, and, and, and so, uh, so this, uh, Vox or, uh, recodes by proxy of Vox in which they're talking about a wall street journal, um, uh, article that speaks to this exact thing. Um, they allude to a dude who's from like, uh, like a construction worker who's mm-hmm. from, North Carolina, which they always choose some state that nobody really cares about. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris. Uh, I, uh, I sorry, uh, shout out to my Duke CA. Well, uh, we like uh, North Car- South we Carolina. Like North Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. No, they're all the Carolinas. I think can be thrown into that mix. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte and Raleigh. I fuck with those South Carolina. I don't give a fuck Look, about I, I, South I Carolina. I fuck with them, but also I always push, get it push to came to shove. Push come to shove. Combine them both. And fuck them both. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so shout out to Agus and family. Look, I, I mean no harm in saying this. Um, 
but but what I am trying to say is is that like they they had some dude who's from North Carolina who's like oh he popped in uh, or he he went on Amazon Prime looking for Avengers Endgame right so he was looking for Avengers Endgame and ended up coming across this conspiracy video by Alex Jones called Endgame um, this is like a, I think it's a 2012 or mm-hmm. something like that uh, documentary that Alex Jones had right and then at the end of it they say oh he watched it and he was like no I agree with that if you end up watching an Alex Jones documentary and be like. I can agree with 90% of the, uh, the things that you talk about there. You, you, you are already there. Like there, there's no, it, it's not as if, Oh my God, this just pushed me over the edge. Like, yeah. I, I, like now I get it. No, no, no. You were already at that point yeah. where you were susceptible to believing that, that, that is believable to you. It, it's not like you were on the other side of the fence. And now you're like, Oh, I'm on this side of the fence exactly. now. Or you were neutral. And you're like, well, that just convinced exactly. me. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, Let's start from the beginning here, right? Uh, you live in South Carolina. You're stupid, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. So you go to Amazon looking for Marvel content. You're also very stupid, right? It's not there, right? I'm not going to go to um, the Microsoft store and try and buy the new iPhone, right? <laughs> they don't have it. It's not there. Why would they have it? Right? Like it's, I mean, yeah. come on. We're, 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 let's, let's be intelligent people here. Yeah. So if you go there looking for that thing, you're, you're, you're very stupid. Um, yeah. If you search Endgame, right, and you see, obviously, like, usually a the- documentary. Yeah, usually, like, the poster of the film comes up, and you, there's a brief description that tells you, oh, you know, uh, 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 the Avengers battle, right? You know, Thanos <laughs> to protect Earth. Right? There's a little description there which tells you. But, but if it's, it's like the Jews are taking over everything. Alex years. Jones like, <laughs> t- discusses no. Judaism. Like, mm, maybe yeah. not Endgame, right? Yeah. Um, so obviously this person was, he was already halfway there, right? Yeah. And then he found this thing that got him all the way there, right? No, I, I wouldn't and even say if that's it, that's on him. That's but, not on Amazon. But the thing is, I wouldn't even say he was even halfway there and he's all, and then this pushed him over to all the way there. I would say he's already there. This yeah. just confirmed, oh, because I can look at literally like I I oh, had, there's someone who believes what I believe and there's a movie about it and I, I watched it and I exactly. liked it. Like that's I had no concept of who Alex Jones was. I was coming into this cold and then mm-hmm. I started to watch all his videos and I was just like, this dude is crazy as fuck. Like I don't I don't <laughs> I can't I can't, as a reasonable human being, believe any of this without doing my own homework on it. Um, and then even when you do you do your home, homework on it, it's like nothing that he says is actually verifiable. Yeah. It's always, oh, I have from these sources, which he, he'll never name. Yeah. Um, what sources? All of this is true. You're not in the CIA. <laughs> you can tell us who your sources are. You're not protecting informants. Exactly. So if you're the person who just automatically believes, oh, yeah, I, I, I can agree with that, right? Which this Wall Street Journal uh, article like essentially proposes is that like oh like he believed in what okay then you're already there like it's it's not something so all i the only thing that i really want to say with this whole situation uh is is that you can't and, and what i think this hurts is actual filmmakers right because what they say is this ability to upload anything to amazon prime um it it it's a net negative right in that oh anybody can upload anything right but what i would say is is that they're not looking at to to the other side of of those filmmakers who they might not be able to get into any of the film festivals they might not be able to sell their film to any sort of production uh or or distribution uh, uh 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 company um and they need outlets like this to be able 
to get their work out there so that they can do great work. And what they're basically saying is that, no, everything that's uploaded here is fuck like fuck shit and shouldn't be viewed and it's evil and you shouldn't look at it and it's terrible. And I'm like, well, no, that's not the actual fucking case. Like you're just looking at it from one perspective of it. So that's, that's my only uh, sort of issue with this. Uh, and, and I, and I even, I'll take it even a step further. So there were actually a couple of films that I actually looked at on specifically on Amazon prime. So for one, uh, one of them is called kingdom come. Um, and it's by this, uh, this guy, Andrew, uh, Andrew, uh, Daniel Gillis. Uh, and he was coming out with a movie and this was a documentary about him coming out with that movie. And it actually inspired me to write the first film. I actually full full feature film, um, or the second feature film that I ever actually wrote. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I would never have had that idea if, if I never saw this particular film. Now, now I, I actually think I watched this on either Showtime or HBO, one of them, but I eventually rewatched it on Amazon prime. So if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't yeah. have seen this thing. And then also there was another thing called uh, official rejection, which talked about going to film festivals and getting rejected and all those fucking terrible stories of like, fuck, like this is hard shit. Uh, without shit like that, that doesn't get uploaded to uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, like that. That's a that's a to me that's a negative. That yeah. that's not uploaded. And it's like, what do we expect? Like the major uh, production studios uh, to be the only ones that can. Uh, well, for, for, for a lot of for a lot of for a lot of uh, streaming services, that is the case. So for, so for instance, like Netflix, Hulu, all those other streams, yeah. Disney, all there. But there, the reason why, uh, like, there's you know. 50 new streaming services that popped up over the past few years is because people are starting to realize that like, okay, well, you know, the other way that we had where like you got to have your movie in theaters, like that wasn't entirely fair. Yeah. So the streaming services, Amazon, Hulu and whatever, great. Now, you know, more content, more easily distributable, but it's still somewhat controlled by the big movie studios, right? So like, okay, that's not entirely fair. So there has to be smaller or more accessible uh, services where people who create, who do great work and create like projects can upload, like YouTube, yeah. um, like Amazon Prime uh, can upload to have their pr project seen, right? Yep. And at the end of the day, while I do think it is important for these um streaming services or social media networks to um, filter their content. Like I know Twitter is no longer going to uh, allow for any political, politically advertised um, posts, right? Um, Facebook decided that they will, they will continue to allow uh, politically uh, endorsed advertisements, whether it's true or not, they'll continue to allow it because yeah. they don't want to filter anybody. Um, and recently, Instagram has, uh, I think they're going to implement a new policy where any content that's uploaded to Instagram, which is either deemed as, which is um, not deemed as, but like has been proven to be fake news or like when people upload pictures of themselves and they're using like filters that completely change the, you know, someone's appearance, right? They're going to label it as um, a filter or they're going to give it a, some type of label to where, you know, I, I'm not. I'm seeing a real thing, right? I'm seeing a filter or I'm seeing information that may not be true. Sure. Um, while that's important, I also do think that like you can't close that door completely. You got to filter a little bit, but you got to let creators create and share. Yeah. Um, that's what's happening here. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I think that brings us to a illustrious close to a otherwise fantastic episode of the fate podcast. Um, 
uh, as always, uh, you know, if you fuck with us, uh, you know, uh, obviously you're listening right now. So uh, we need you to hit that uh, like button. We need you to hit that subscribe button. Uh, and most importantly, hit that share button. Share the shit with anybody and everybody who you believe can uh, benefit from this podcast, which is essentially everybody. Everybody. Who, who cannot, yeah. right? Um uh, with that being said, we'll be back next week with uh, with another fantastic episode. Uh, until then, uh, we will uh, essentially hit the uh, our usual protocol here, which we typically do week in and week out. Week out. Week out. Usual protocol. Get out. Peace.